Hello and welcome to episode 216 of the Ram Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. I am Angel. I am Kevin. And we're calling this episode... This is a good one. Every so often we have a good one. This is a good one. We're calling this episode Big Digwood Energy because Woo! of what else? Pokemon Sword and Shield. But honestly, like the, the name works because it. this is the first Pokemon in a long time that just kind of ignored what the fans want. I was like, no, I'm confident in what I am, which is this. So it has big um, yeah, Diglett energy. Big. It was a big Diglett. It was a big Diglett. So what is the origin of this name? Because this was not me. How did we settle on this? Did you guys see a big Diglett we, out in the uh, wild? We were driving back from Vegas, uh-huh. and we did a raid with Elvis and another friend of the podcast, Victor. Mm-hmm. And we went to one of the dens in the wild areas, and it was just a big-ass Diglett. Like, <laughs> I don't know what else I can say. <laughs> right. It just huge. Yeah, it was emanating, you know, Dynamax energy. Kept saying the storm is getting worse. Yeah, the storm is getting yeah. We still don't know what that actually does. It just always happens, but they always de- like defeat the Dynamax Pokemon before right, it ever right. does its thing. But well, we're gonna be talking a lot about Pokemon Sword and Shield, I feel like, because there's a lot to this game. Um, but along with the impressions of that, we also have some news. Of course, we're gonna be talking about um, actually a lot of other things that fans either wanted or didn't want. So there's the Sonic redesign. There's Mario Kart Tours fixed controls. There's um, I realize Mario Kart got its controls fixed. Yeah, like just kind of stealth mode last week. There's um, Animal Crossing's getting a subscription service. Brain Age might be digital only in the states, even though it has a physical stylus component. So there's all sorts of weird things to talk about. But I feel like we should start with the big Diglett energy um, and just talk Pokemon Sword and Shield right off the bat. So, Kevin, this is the first Pokemon game you played in a while, right? You're a lapsed Pokemon fan? Yeah, the last Pokemon game that I played was Diamond and Pearl back on the original uh, DS, and I didn't even get to finish that game, so... So I feel like you should kick off Sword and Shield as as the one. That I just, should I should yeah, kick it yeah, off. What do you think? Because you haven't played Pokemon in a while. So how does That's it true. like what's someone your, that how do you feel about? It? I mean, we're gonna have a whole conversation about. Someone that. that how had you, expectations? Didn't have expectations. Like what is it like? Because we played like Angel and I have played every single one, every single generation, I should say. So like for me, it's just oh, it's the yearly. I guess it's eventually Madden. I did. It's yeah. the yearly Madden release. It's the new Pokemon. I guess what I said. I guess eventually I did. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, or every single one since you started, opposed to having a gap in the middle. Somewhere. No, that's what I did. I had a huge gap. Okay, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I've played every single yeah, one. <laughs> I, I, was, I, I was pretty much lapsed until yeah. Diamond, because I played Red and Blue, and then we just didn't get into it until Diamond, and then from there we started playing every I guess I'm the true generation. the true Pokemon guy, because I also have Let's Go. But then again, I never, I didn't beat necessarily all the, got, all the Elite Fours in every game, so am I the true Pokemon fan? Like, once the competitive mechanics all flushed out, that's when Elvis and I really started, like, diving in. Right, right. But, um, and we're going to get to the competitive side of this too, I'm sure, but Kevin... Last Pokemon fan, what going into it? What do you think? All right, so I'm I'm about 11, 12 hours into the game. Uh-huh. I just completed the first gym, uh, which is a sentence you can normally never say in a Pokemon game because normally the gyms come so fast and it's so linear. Yeah, but I'm also doing a, a well. Well, Continue. so Sorry, so saying. currently I've got. I'm sure you could have gone to the gym earlier if you wanted to. No, that's yeah. my whole point. Yeah, this game actually opens up a little. Well, I'm about. I have about 60-ish Pokemon caught, 70 seen. I've been trying to catch every every Pokemon that that I can that I can't catch. Right, right. Because yeah. it, it's kind of cool that for you. I'm guessing like most of these designs are like, oh, I've never like they all most of them feel new to you, or do you actually recognize a bunch of them that have been out? Or, no, they they feel really new. Like, have you been like on total Pokemon Black? Because I know like one of our friends is like really big into Pokemon, so I don't know if Matthew. I don't know if he. 
Maybe because of hanging out with him, you've seen a lot of these Pokemon. No, I doubt he showed him all 849 different Pokemon, or now 900 plus different Pokemon. Over the last 10 years, he probably possibly. I don't know. I haven't even seen all 900. I'm playing the game, and I'm like, who's that? I'm like, he's from Gen 5? What? I'm still missing some. Oh, well, you didn't really play Gen 5. I know you bought it, because we bought it at the same time in Walmart. And both of us barely touched Kevin, it. Kevin, eventually you'll get to say your question. <laughs> no don't worries, worry. No worries. <laughs> right, so you did kind of skip a gen. I no, I, I played. I op- eventually played Gen Five. I, I know. Was, I was like a year late, but yeah, I remember I was giving. Yeah, we were already late enough as it is, and it was in the shrink wrap for such a long time. I remember. Listen, you know, was, listen. We don't need to. I I <laughs> am proud to say every game I own, I have opened and played at least <laughs> once. There was so, a point where you couldn't say that. <laughs> there was a point, a moment with Pokemon Black where I cannot say that. Yeah, and that, Rabbids Go Home. Yeah. I played both. I got them together actually. Anyway. Anyway, hi. Anyways, hi. Hey there. So, I, so coming coming into this podcast, especially over the weekend, I was ready to just completely write this game off because it has a couple of issues that I think are crazy. Uh huh. There's no voice acting, and it's jarring in that first cutscene, which oh. I think is insane for a console game in 2019. I know some of the some of the excuses were like, "Oh, well, Pokemon games have never had." No, I, I agree, because they've also never yeah, been so that's cinematic. The, that's what they said about Breath Correct. of the Wild, and it felt like a nice transition. Yeah, it's like, po- th- this Pokemon is easily the most cinematic they've ever done. Yeah. It's really cool cutscenes, and yeah, it, it's very strange. It's just quiet. It just, it's like, it's like is there a vocal track missing? Or? Yeah, uh, I don't think the graphics are that great, but it's mostly hidden by the art style, which is, which is fine. Mm-hmm. The game isn't greatly optimized. There are some times, especially in the wild area, I found this on the web. Oh, Siri! <laughs> How dare you? Just trying to be helpful. Siri found again. the optimization on the web. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it's greatly optimized. There are some times where, like, you drop a whole lot of frames, especially, oh, yeah. especially even in the battles when they do like the split screen. Like, you know what I noticed it most? It, it, the split screen, and also if there was a pack of Pokemon and it was raining in the wild area. Yeah, that so, specifically. So the optimization that isn't that great, right? Uh. But honestly, those are all technical issues. With all that said, I'm loving the game. Right. Which I was not expecting to, to like love this as much as I do. I played from, I think, to 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. last night. And then today, after watching last night's Mr. Robot, which was pretty great. I am behind because I was writing this because I came home at oh, 10 of course. at night. And, and, well, yeah. well, after watching uh, last night's Mr. Robot, I played for about five hours straight. Oh, wow. I would like to say, for the record, Mr. Robot is a great show, and if you folks on the other end of this microphone aren't watching, you got two out of three people at this table that will say you should immediately start, I think. Yeah, this season's yeah. been great. Yeah. Last night's episode was better than last pretty, week. Pretty dang... Uh, different. Follow-up. Different, yeah. It's yeah, yeah it's, okay. it's, it's a whole different beast. Right. But, yeah, Pokemon is great. I, I probably will see this game all the way through. That's how in love with this game I am. <laughs> You know, I and would, I was net. I'm the weird thing was like I, you know, I liked red and blue, mm-hmm. gold, silver, mm-hmm. uh, ruby, sapphire, diamond, and pearl, but I never loved them. I don't know. But this this game just hit differently for some reason. You know what part of it is? In my opinion, it feels it feels like the kind of not fully realized like Pokemon MMO because it's not at all a fully realized realized Pokemon MMO, but it feels like the first like actual full like world like the world building really good it feels like you're actually in the pokemon world because like you know the wild area for example there's always like it's not just like oh there's a pokemon in the grass i mean let's be honest the wild area is essentially the route system and the safari zone combined with a little less linearity so instead of just getting certain pokemon in a straight path or certain pokemon in a little square that you're walking through 
you get some that are really high level that you can't fight, some that are low level that you can fight. But what's cool about it and what's different even from Safari Zone is they move like animals. They're in packs. They're in groups. They are affected by the weather. They Some will roam free, but then like others won't. Some Their evolutions are off on their own, walking where the humans walk, while their lower forms are in the grass hiding because, you know, they're shy little animals. Like, it, that, to me, just really, like, hit the right way as well. Because it just felt like you're in a Pokemon world. Yeah, you could tell through a lot of the animations where the Pokemon went to. I mean, that and the camp, just because, right. I mean, for the most part, when you're battling, the Pokemon don't really ever need to move. Yeah. Especially since a lot of the attack animations are literally just... I mean, there are some... Like horrible ones that you'd feel like they could have updated, but not like double hit and double Do- kick. Oh, double There's kick! A... Literally, my uh, my score bunny literally just lives <laughs> off the ground. Goes papa, right? Yeah, they're <sighs> they're literally the animations of the attacks. I totally just for, I totally straight out Pokemon Stadium. <laughs> yeah, just uprest. Yeah, and I mean, like there are some attacks that look better than others, but obviously, like. I mean, the way they're designed is that they create a general animation that they could just copy-paste to every Pokemon because it obviously be ridiculous yeah. to oh, yeah. animate every single Pokemon kicking or like, oh, how would this Pokemon kick? Right. Let's just not give it that move. Right, so they need but some I feel for, like, double kick, like, I think Scorbunny's tackle, like, just runs up and kicks mm-hmm. the other Pokemon. That would have been... Why yeah. not just do that twice? You're asking the big questions. If, 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 if I had to guess, <laughs> they probably couldn't do that because they didn't want to risk, like... I guess creating a bug by making this Pokemon, I guess, go to this other I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying that I'm some expert on game development. Right, right. But, but uh, you're not one of the national Dexers. But yeah, it, it's just no, I'm thing. not one of the national Dexers, <laughs> considering I haven't seen the other 500 Pokemon. I no, really right, don't care. Right, you can't even care. Yeah. But yeah. it's also really just, I don't want to say that it's just nice seeing those Pokemon like walk around in the wild area, or like some of them even move in ways I didn't expect. Like oh, I yeah. thought Routes was just gonna like kind of walk around, but it just kind of levitates and floats. Yeah, sort of drifts. Yeah, it's kind of creepy, but yeah, that's cool. what's so cool about it, is the whole game just feels very like lived in. Like it doesn't feel sterile. Like I feel like Pokemon games are kind of sterile because it's very it's so rigid and structured and linear and everything. Which, if you remember way back when they first showed the trailer for this, that was my big concern: is the game's gonna be that old structure, and I'm very happy it's not. It, it actually does have some room to breathe a little, um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's not. And also, you know where else the animations are really good? Actually, the camp. That's what you said. Yeah, the camps and the wild area. Did I say the camp already? No, you I said, said the camp. I, I, I just okay, said the camp, yeah, but I yeah. didn't describe. Okay, it. I was like, did I say the camp? Yeah, no. That I like not just that they're good. Like, oh, you can play fetch with your Pokemon, and some of them have the most ridiculous fetch animations. Or I can't remember who it is. It's one of the turtle guys that takes like five minutes to go fetch the Pokeball, like because he moves really. None, none of my but, Pokemon ever liked the feather tester. Really? Thing. None of them. They all reacted the exact same way of like hitting me. <laughs> yeah, what? I, I I don't know what to tell you. I mean, that's that's just gotta find better natured Pokemon, I guess. But um, no, but like I don't know if you notice in the camp, you just have, if you just sit there for a few minutes, like your Pokemon interact with each other. Like the I saw uh, uh, I think it was a screenshot, maybe it was a video on um, Twitter, where it's a uh, beware playing peekaboo with the younger evolution of it. And I was like, oh, what? Stuffle. Yeah, I was like, how did they they program that in? So yeah, they're not doing individual attack animations, but they're doing that. So it just it just feels very lived in, which is nice. And then of yeah, course, you like, know what the funny thing is, yeah. that, like the the core, at least the core competitor side. That's like who I can speak for, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always liked watching the attack animations. I'll leave them on. I don't care that it makes the games last longer. Right. But a lot of like the the most competitive people always by default turn the animations off. So. If they're complaining about that, like they're just complaining about something that they never even right. have on anyway. I guess it's one of those. I'd like to have the option to have them. It's one or... of those like they're looking for something to complain about. Yeah, yeah, basically. But that, the, the thing about if you if you really like animations and want them to last longer, once again, the Dynamax and Gigantamax those take a while. Those have a lot of build up and a lot of, but they're very flashy and cool. 
Yeah, Mega Evolution are basically quicker versions of those because like, yeah. you have to wait for them to expand three times, land, yeah. roar, and then... Right, but but, but it kind of, again, it kind of fits the whole world-building thing because, like, the game... But they're infrequent, though, so that's that, too. Right, right, but, like, uh, what I was trying to say is it kind of fits the same world-building because, like, the game it's so... It, everything's just so, like, the gameplay complements the theme and the theme complements the setting, like, the UK thing and having it be all sports-oriented and basically treat them like they're, you know football or soccer as we call it here uh you know all that like really works it just it feels very well thought out like you know when pokemon we were talking about black and white earlier i don't remember it being so like as french as this is british you know what i mean like it's like oh it's in france now okay and that was kind of it there wasn't like there's was a baguette you could catch or anything like that yeah like, a, lot of, a lot of people in this there game kind of was though there's a baguette not, not a baguette, but there were definitely some very... I mean, there's a French poodle. There's, like, the souffle Pokemon. But, I mean, like, it was just the Pokemon, and that was it. Like, this, they, like, made the... the they redid the whole gym system. They had an Eiffel be, Tower. But I'm, I'm saying they redid, like, the whole gym mechanic. They read Well, not really mechanic, but they redid the whole approach to that. They made it much oh, yeah. more spectator sport. They, yeah. like, well, went beyond was, just Pokemon I mean, that fit a place. I mean, X and Y was still in the whole, like, more of the same, just... Different, yeah. this different generation. They didn't really start doing that until like Sun, Sun and Moon, Moon, where like which did it pretty well too. Yeah, because I mean that one definitely made you feel like you were like in an island and everything was catered to it and a lot less developed. So yeah, like the island challenges and all that. Like yeah, now that I think about it, like this isn't forging new. They're not forging total new ground here because yeah, Sun well, and Moon. It, it, it felt like it's taking you know, the nice a nice leap how Sun and yeah. Moon did from the prior yeah. And one. and what's nice about this is it's leaping. I was saying the MMO comparison earlier. It's not. But it's leaping in that direction a little because, like, the whole – that YCOM system and the fact that when you're in the wild area, you can turn it on, be connected to web and have just all these trainers running around. You can't actually do anything with them. You go up to them and they're NPCs that just give you an item or you just walk right through them. But it is kind of cool yeah, to, like – You can run on with your friends in real time, which yes, is kind of cool. Yes, that's what I was about to say. But it mm-hmm. is cool that you can actually hook up with people you know in real life and play that way or people you have friend codes with and play that way. Or that you can, um, you know, actually customize your trainers with such a degree of customization. Oh that yeah, you the, see the customization. This game is so insane. Many, yeah, it's, it's really it's cool. Great. Like, like people are complaining about the national decks and not every Pokemon's there, but I'm like, yeah, but I feel like I'm in Pokemon more than I have in really any other Pokemon game, and that to me is kind of cool. But that's obviously you know different priorities for different people. But I think it's great. Um, I've been really like how they brought in rage from Pokemon Go, like conceptually. That's kind of cool that, you, you know, you're saying you can run with your friends. You could all kind of together go do a raid. The kind of weird thing about that is there's no queue system for the raids if you're playing online without your friends. So it, it's set up in such a way that you go up to do a raid and there's like an energy beam and you walk up and you hit go or whatever. And you're sitting in a lobby and it's like searching for other people, searching for other people. And after two and a half minutes, it's like, do you want to just start with computers? Although, of course, it words it like we found some other trainers. So you say yes and then you play with the CPU. But it turns out the way you have to actually go into other people's raids or have them come to yours is when you have the YCOM on, you ha- you send out a status because they have those weird little chat status things yeah. of random strangers or friends. And you search a filter of like raids or raid requests or raid invitations or something like that. And from there, you then go do a raid. So even though they have all these like spots in the wild area where there's thing where it's like, oh yeah, I walk up and other people will walk up and we'll do a raid. That lobby is kind of meaningless unless someone happens to find you in their YCOM, oh, which is a little no wonder that like, weird. I didn't get it never anybody. works, yeah. right? And it's like, like for everything I was just gushing about how much I love the Pokemon world they built, like Game Freak made some weird choices with this game. Like they made so many quality of life improvements on old systems that have been in place for a decade. Like one I call I mentioned to you the other day, Kevin was I love that there's now a button 
always available when you're catching wild or when you're banning wild Pokemon to just throw the oh, Pokemon. Oh, to throw a Pokemon. You don't have to go That's through seven the, menus. One of the nicest changes. Yeah. That or like experience made. shares, obviously nice if you want to just like kind of not grind as much. Or um, having the Pokemon boxes accessible at all times are great, even though there's zero sorting options, which is kind of weird. So you just have to remember who's in which box. Yeah, I was trying to do that too, and I was <laughs> yeah. like, I can't sort these by level. Mm-hmm. I got to or anything, or any, yeah, or, or type, or, or yeah, like, anything. No, oh, yeah, that's always been the case, but I. I mean, at some point, you kind of, as you catch them, you kind of sort them out. Or that's just something like, I mean, right. you're playing like each game. You're like, all right, I, the people I care about are in this box over here. The but that, that's kind of my point. Like, they, they caught on to so many things that people complained about. Like, they just oh, need to go, like, the just little a little extra further. Step, yeah. And not only just a little further, but, like, take that same ingenuity they have for figuring out what took 21 years to perfect and apply it to your new things. Like, okay, fine, you're going to get rid of the global trade system, get rid of the global trade system. Like you're, But, like, if you're not going to have a way for people to search specific Pokemon in return for a Pokemon they put up, what's the alternative? There apparently isn't one. But, like, think it through. Or, like, if you're going to do the YCOM and the raids, think through, like, an easier way to present that. Because it's all there. You can do it all. But it's, like... But you, most of these things are going to be fixed in next I'm year's sh- game. Which is why you're waiting, huh? Yeah. But, yeah, it's Pokemon just, like... Gun? Is it good? Do you think it's going to be done? <laughs> no, it's not going to be done. <laughs> what's it, what do you think it's going to be? Sword, shield, and... going to be Diamond and Pearl. It's... it's Oh, you think they're just going to take the engine and apply it something else? Yeah. So you're not even going to get the Sword and Shield generation at all. You're going to jump to the remake? Yeah, but it's just going to have... I mean, because that's the same thing that happened with X and Y. After X and Y, they did Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Right. They didn't have like an X2 and Y2, but it took everything that X and Y had, all the mechanics, everything that would matter to you know a competitive trainer that that one game introduced, and just put it in Omega Ruby. So that was the definitive edition. Ah. It just had... Maybe I'll actually finish Diamond and Pearl this time. <laughs> so wait why didn't you finish it the first time uh i had it in my backpack in middle school and it got stolen during gym that sucks and then i didn't have a i didn't have a ds until oh, i don't remember if i had a black ds light huh you don't remember just, if you had this very specific color of black of a ds light because i remember a black ds like being in the house i don't remember if it was mine oh well i see I see. So you'll just know if you could have played. Some, Did I just unleash some, something? Some bad memories. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to trigger your <laughs> DS Lite memories. But anyway, Angel, sorry. You're saying something. No, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure it's going to be a Diamond and Pearl, which is what I would love, because then that also gives... There's like no way... I mean, that's where Chat Talk came from, so... Ah, yeah. Your fave. Game. Your fave. And I mean, they've kind of been going in order and spacing them out for like a couple years in between these remakes, so... They just have that one and black and white to do and then they'll literally have every pokemon i mean every yeah, every pokemon generation accessible to this supposed pokemon home i guess yeah that's what's interesting like i'm kind of curious about your take on this because you you're you're obvi- you don't have sword and shield but you have a pulse of sorts on the competitive oh, yeah. community no, i've been keeping up with like i've read through every single pokemon's like new moves new stats yeah new so items, what's what's new... your read on i guess one how is this game shaping up on the competitive scene because like you know, I th- honestly something like the global trade system disappearing seems like it'd be a big deal if you're trying to play competitively. No, because like, it's not. No, because I mean, competitive Pokemon just comes down to like what, just like what you have around you. Like it doesn't matter that some Pokemon are missing that you don't have others. Like it's just about building the best team with what you have. Right, I mean, but the, what the, I guess what I'm saying about global and trade, and, and, and another global trade center. I'm kind of glad it's not available right now because oh, that was the probably the fastest way that you could. That people would like send out like hacked and trans and like virus filled mm. Pokemon. So, because even if you don't want 
even if you're trying to avoid like not getting hacked Pokemon, like if you are in the global trade station, chances are you're gonna get like a yeah, like a mess of Pokemon that might corrupt your file or something. Right. Some better options not have that option altogether. It's until they could figure something better out. But couldn't you run into the same problem? Because right now the way you trade is you have to swap like codes or like this is how let's go did trainer it. ids trainer or, yeah or oh by the that. way side so like Pokemon i go? love the little collectible cards of trainers it's the most pointless thing ever but for some reason it's like oh that's very neat and you can customize yours and send it out and get other people i was like stack. i was like oh it's kind of cool but then i have the trainer card for hop which <laughs> which let me tell you <laughs> that kid this is the worst so we're bleeping that well, you, you got by it. with Big Diglett energy, just barely. <laughs> so, just I, I told you this was going to happen. I know. You did warn us that you would have to get Hop Big is here. probably one of the worst characters that I have seen in any game lately. What? I hate him with a passion. Now, I, know, I think I know why, because I feel the same way, but not quite as amped up. But please, tell us why. <laughs> so, he's, so, Hop, you, every, all these games, you have a rival. Let's start... His first mistake... Well, like I said, I haven't played since Simon and Pearl. Okay. But his first mistake was uh, getting the Pokemon that is weak to your Pokemon. That's new to this one. They're trying to make you a little bit more accessible. Is that the first time? Yeah. Oh, so right off the bat, he's just an amateur. Yeah. Not only that, he is (laughs) cocky as hell. Yep. He is terrible. Like He's very bad at social interactions. I've noticed that. Like, if everyone he talks to... He's just demanding that they get him to be champion or bragging them how he's going to become champion. Like, literally, he'll go to, like... I don't remember if this actually happens, but it's like he goes into the Pokemon Center and he's like, basically, like, kill my Pokemon, I'm going to be champion. So it's like, whoa, what's up? Yeah, <laughs> there, there was that. And then there... I think, like, the first or second battle that you have with him... Yeah. Like, I knocked out his first two Pokemon and he's like, oh, man, this is going to be really close. No, it's not. I'm just... <laughs> I'm about to destroy you. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. His brother is, is a whole different breed of, of his, D-Bag. His brother is like seven different design ideas mushed into a single man. Yeah, it's like, alright, let's give him a mullet. No, let's make that mullet purple. Now let's give him a hat. Also, let's give him a cape with a <laughs> bunch of sponsors. That entire family, I don't know who raised those two boys, but holy... You do know, we met the mother at the start of the game. Do you not remember oh, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah I you do well, know. You can go chill she's her her, Yeah, definitely gonna go do that. Yeah. I just picture you like holding your switch, <laughs> screaming. At every every Hop. single every t- every single time that no that... Hop is super annoying. Like the one the weak point thus far for me in this game, well among a few others, is um the writing is not great. Everyone else is okay, but Hop is just such a drag. He's so like one. I mean, they're all kind of one dimensional. They always are, but like Hop is just like it's like in the other games, your rival is like. Okay, yeah, that's my rival. Oh, yeah. he's he's being a jerk, whatever. Yeah. This kid, I feel like he doesn't understand <laughs> that he's being in the, like... No, he thinks he's the coolest kid. Yeah. And you know what's super and... annoying is he's always like, I'll race you to the next destination. He's always like, oh, there's the city. I'll race you there. And he just runs off. And then obviously that's so you can then go catch Pokemon. But it's like, stop racing me. Just meet me there. This, I don't... Don't put urgency like, on this. Well, I, spoiler alert, but for the first gym, like yeah. as soon as you get as soon as you get there, he's already got the badge, and he tells you, he I, you there. I did it in my first try. All right, I'm also going to do it on my first try too because I this game I I I'm so overpowered right now. Oh, me it's too. Not even, yeah. It's not even funny, but oh man, I I hate those two brothers so much. That overpowered thing's actually a good point. That um, I I kind of keep circling back to this whole like non-linear idea. 
this is the easiest game to grind in, even though, not just because experience here, but like, if you go in the wild area, you can just get lost in the weeds, ha, pun intended, for um so long and come back and have such a powerful Pokemon. Like, I evolved my Sobble into that weird emo teenager thing, uh, Drizzile, like, before going to the first gym. Yes, like, that's uh, never like happened same, to me before. My, my Square yeah. Bunny, I evolved into a Raboot before getting to the first gym. Yeah, like, it was... It's just different. It's kind of liberating, but it's also kind of like, oh, how easy is this game going to be? <laughs> I, don't get me wrong. I was getting I was getting whooped. In the for, wild area? In the wild area for, for a little bit. Well, and then I just went over the hump and like, all right, well, now I have every Pokemon that I... Were you going after the powerful ones or were you getting whooped by like the weaker ones? Oh, well, well that's, that's the first thing. It's like, as soon as you get to the wild area, they tell yeah. you like, oh, the big Pokemon are going to give you like a problem. Oh, yeah. And there's an Onyx. I was like, come on. Yeah, I saw the I've, same Onyx. Yeah. I've... I've been around town. I've <laughs> I've beaten some uh, quite a few Onyx in my day, and like I go up to like this will be easy with my water Pokemon, level thirteen. The Onyx was like level twenty six. Like, yep. Oh, this isn't gonna happen. The the best part is they warn you that, and then when you go fight the big Pokemon, it starts with a preface of this is a yeah. strong looking Onyx, and then you're like, oh, maybe I should run away, and then the game's like, no, you can't no, run. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and like right before that, they give you the the Poke Dolls. Yeah. So, so it was like, okay, I'm definitely gonna have to use these now. Yeah. I've you know, they yeah, finally I, I, have a purpose. I, I, was, I, I was hopping that situation. I was like, I can take this guy on. <laughs> we're all sometimes we all slip into being hop, whether we oh, want to or not. But yeah, it um, there, I do want to give credit though because we were saying like the intro and how he picks the weaker Pokemon, and I made the comment that's more accessible. One nice thing they did in this one, that I don't remember him doing in Sun Moon, is you can skip most of the tutorial stuff. It's literally like, hey, you've been to a Pokemon Center before, right? And if you say no, they explain. If you say yes, they're like great, and then that's it. Like there's so it's so much easier it's so much faster to get to like the good stuff in this Pokemon. That was something that I and also I in a oh, long sorry. time. No, go ahead. That that was something the the Poke Center was also something that I I don't know if this is the first time, but that the Mart the Mart is yeah. Is, I think they merged it with was it one or two generations ago, Angel, that they put the Marts in the centers. That was this X and Y. So three gen two generations ago. Yeah, Sun and Moon X and Y. And Omega Ruby, not for Sci-Fi. Yeah, but that's a spin-off of X yeah, and Y, still, as you just pointed out. I know, but that's still like a year of Pokemon games coming well, out. Well, I said generations, not years. All right. Ha. I mean... Um, yeah. Uh, one other thing I wanted to touch on real quick. I like that they actually didn't reveal all the Pokemon in advance, or even that many Pokemon in actually, advance. Actually, no, it might have been oh, he's... in black and white. Was it? Well, maybe it wasn't. Yeah. Or Diamond and Pearl. Well, it definitely wasn't Diamond and Pearl. No, it was not Diamond It was definitely... I think it came out on a DS game, though. So it was kind of black and white. But uh, one nice thing that I wanted to mention, I was starting to say, is it was cool to have surprises. Like, you were saying you didn't recognize most of the Pokemon. Right. And I was saying there's some I didn't recognize, but it was really cool that they actually limited the number of Pokemon they exposed ahead of time to a very small number in the grand scheme of things. There are 400 Pokemon in this game. They showed... 30 40 i don't know but it was, it was kind of nice to like actually get to discover these guys for the first time some of them have weird names i don't know what nickett's supposed to be a reference to but it's cool to be like oh i've never seen this guy or that guy or that guy, or people, that guy. people are always like oh man they've just run out of like pokemon design ideas yeah. oh they've also run out of names <laughs> because they're that that's another issue that i have that this game has no voice acting yeah. it's like i don't know how to pronounce <laughs> some of these oh, guys yeah. Uh, yeah. uh like min minchuchi what Oh, Minchino? Minchino? No, yeah. That, that's... How am I supposed to know that, that thing is called Minchino? <laughs> like, until it comes out in the anime, like, there's that Pokemon Arceus that I thought it was just pronounced Arceus. 
But like Doctor Seuss? Well, no, like Zeus because he's like the god oh, of all Zeus. Pokemon. Because oh, I said Seuss. Because that's like that was literally the god of all Pokemon. Right. Right? Or maybe like Zeus, you know, like from Olympus. Right. right. But like, no, it's Arceus. Or I always thought it was Rayquaza because that's just how everyone I knew wait, pronounced it. Wait, what is it? Rayquaza, like a quasar because of space and the what? cosmos. Yeah. Right, yeah, my mind's. Awesome. Yeah, you <laughs> just blew my mind a little. Wait, um, how do we know that the anime is not saying it wrong? Just think about it. Oh, how well, does anyone know what the actual well, English pronunciations are? Well, the ofi- if they don't put it. Well, anywhere. the official ones are in that Pokedex. Remember that I brought out last time? Oh yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, so if you want to see like. He has a- he has a, but that only goes. Or no, wait. You mean the 3D on the 3DS? I meant the actual talking Pokedex from back in the day. No, well, the 3DS one. Well, yeah, but that yeah. one talks like it reads you everybody's yeah. name. Wait, right. does this one not do that? No, he had an app on his 3DS. Oh, uh, okay. Two ago, yeah, but, it, but it only goes name. up to Gen Six. It's the whatever, 2011. Yeah, whatever that um, was. Um, but yeah, it is cool just to see the the Pokedex. You know what kind of sucks though is Squovet. Well, I don't get. Do you know the reference to that Squovet? I, I can't even say it. Like so, so Squovet. I, I I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you don't know what Pokemon song you No, I do know. Oh, yeah. I don't know the reference. That's one that the Maybe squirrel, squirrel with the, the squirrel, the, the, yeah, the, squirrel the, bit. with the um berries in his mouth yeah. constantly. Yeah, like Yamper. Eh. I like Yamper. Yeah, yeah, Yamper's great. Electric Corgi, that's fine. Yeah, oh, he's great. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot I don't know. Or like um uh, what the bird? A oh, Rookity. I like. I do not like saying that 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 Pokemon's name. Rookity. Rookity. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that's mm-hmm. what it's to either. But um yeah, you know it. it the one kind of crappy thing is like if you were seeking out po- even if you weren't seeking out po- Pokemon information it, I like the fact that I kind of got a blackout of most of the Pokemon but a bunch of people got spoiled by that leak back in the start of November where I guess someone took the strategy guide someone in the inner workings of strategy guide world I don't know what that is like the guy yeah, that, that Pokemon that gave it to them or the, guy, the publisher and they just started leaking entire pages of Pokemon and now the Pokemon company has hired this is a real thing um outside forensic digital forensic experts to figure out where the leak stems from and they're going to sue the guys for irreparable injury that's the legal term caused by the leak they're basically arguing on some level that by revealing this you spoiled the surprise to the point that some people might not bought in the game because they don't like the designs take that or leave that that's kind of crazy they're actually hiring someone who has now traced through discord at least one of the leakers oh wow I don't even know how you do that (laughs) overall I mean I'd say overall a lot of the designs are Still pretty good. I feel like they I hit, like them. I feel like they hit their low point. Like, or, I mean, if there was a low point. If I you say that, the keys or the fridge, I agree. What fridge? Or the pile of trash. <laughs> no, you know what's great about pile of trash? Have you seen him in the camp when he like waddles around? No, He's just like flapping pieces yeah, of trash. Trubbish. Great. Well, yeah, I was gonna say Gen Five, which is where the trash comes from, and a bunch of others that are just very forgettable. Yeah, like the keys actually don't mind that much. Because, I mean, it's just a Pokemon that steals keys, so that's why he has a bunch of keys yeah, on him. Yeah, that almost makes it excusable, yeah. But, um, okay. but I feel like after Gym 5, they started getting a little more creative. Like, I actually really liked a lot of Sun and Moons. Like, especially with the whole, like, form changing. I mean, like, those, like, birdies I have up here. Like, oh, they yeah. became, like, a quick favorite, even though they're not good competitively. Like, I just fell right. in love with a lot of these Pokemon. Oh, like, the, like this new one, Cramorant. Like, I just love the that bird. Oh, yeah. I, I, oh saw, yeah. I still haven't gotten to it. But yeah, when that, they showed that Pokemon off, I was like, oh, that's going to be my favorite little guy right there. He's yeah, great. that do flicking. And the fact that his shiny is orange is, like, amazing. Cause orange it's is made for color. you. And I love that, like, part he's, of his design is having, like, a Pikachu choking in his mouth. And, it's, and he's doofusy. So now you understand my Bidoof love as well. He is he doofusy? He has kind of a doofusy. Mm, Have you seen I mean, his face when he's eating Pikachu well, or whatever? Well, he gets yeah, like, great. Well, he always yeah, has like point. He kind of like, has like doofusy though. I would say doofusy. He has like that. He, the, I, don't know. I mean, he has a blank stare, but it's also kind of like 
He's just very by instinct. Doesn't he just eat? He's just like I don't care what it is. Yeah, I guess he kind of reminds me of Badoof for some reason. Just the face. I don't know. Don't compare. Don't don't you dare diss Badoof. I'll I'll stop this podcast. Is Badoof in this game? No, thank God. (laughs) I was really bummed about that, but yeah, I mean, all of them chat thought didn't make it in, but I mean. You know what's great? It's cool to see new Pokemon, and one of my favorites, Kingler. That's what I have up there. You know what's great? He got the really cool Gigantamax form with a beard and everything. So you know what's awesome. great about Badoof is if you tweet Badoof, like the word Badoof, there's a bot on Twitter called Badoof. I'm sorry, you said that was great? Yes. <laughs> he will reply to you in Badoofs. Like, doof, doof, Badoof, 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 Doof, Doof, Doof. It's wonderful. So if I ever need a Badoof fix with him not on Shield, I can just tweet the word Badoof. I don't even have to at him. I can just tweet so, the word, and he's summoned. <laughs> It's so, the best. So Eevee and Pikachu still say their name when you send them out. Like, yes. Do you think they should just do that with everybody at this point, or do you? Yes. Are, are you still like, Bursley? Yeah. Are I, you? Are I you do. like? Are Are you okay with like some of these like snarls and yampers and yells? Or I was. I, yeah. I was thinking about that earlier today. I was like, oh wow, because when you first encounter a Pikachu and you hear, it, it's kind of weird. Yeah. It's. I think little... they should all do it at this point. It should be consistent because Eevee just sounds weird. I mean, one of the things uh-huh. that the Pokemon company keeps saying is like, oh, like Pokemon's like, you know, the multimedia brand. It's one of the biggest. It is the biggest in the world, et cetera, et cetera. So like be brand consistent, like have a brand branding guy. Like if they're going to talk, they talk. If they're going to make in, Game Boy noises, they make Game Boy noises. Don't mix and match. In the anime, do they still say their names or do yes. they also do? They do. They do variants of... of their names. Some are so like gruff that it. Yeah, like, like Charizard just straight up roars. He never says Charizard. He could be saying the R of Charizard. You yeah. don't know. He just straight up. I mean, I'm not going to read in more into it. Than I, <laughs> I'm, I, I professionally I mean, read into things. I mean, Eevee, apparently, never says Eevee. She just says the Eva. That's what like all yeah. it ever says. Or like Evo mm-hmm. or something like that, yeah. Speaking of Charizard, I was reminded about this. Uh, you know how Leon has a, has a Charizard? It reminded me of that yes. awesome scene from Pokemon 3, the movie, where, hmm. like, Entei pushes, like, Ash's death or something like that. And then out of nowhere, Charizard catches <laughs> Ash and Pikachu, and like he traveled like hundreds of miles <laughs> right. from, the, from, from the valley. Yeah, yeah. from the val- from that valley. Yeah, and then he fights Entei. Yeah, he he loses, but good hustle. Yeah, like <laughs> that's a G right there. <laughs> Charizard just likes coming in out of nowhere because, like, I tweeted. I don't know if you guys saw the video I tweeted, but it, you saw it in the game, Kevin. But very early in the game, you're talking to Hop's annoying brother. And um, they're, you're talking about something, and then out of frame, his Charizard, which is like across town when you last saw it, just kind of hobbles in and stands like a foot too far to the side. That he's not like in frame, but just kind of there. Oh, he loves doing that. That, that also reminded me your first battle with Hop. Yeah, like Leon is officiating the match, and like of course you beat Hop because yeah. Hop sucks. And then Leon's like, "Oh man, that looked like so much fun. I wanted." To- get in that battle with my Charizard. Boy, are you out of your mind? I got this level 5 score bunny and you you want to bring in your level 30, 50 Charizard? Again, the writing is not this game's strong suit. At least not in the early parts. But the game it's the game itself though is is quite good. I think um I think they're like I mean we I guess we've got to touch on this like the, uh-huh. the whole national decks thing like people reacted to the wrong thing with this game like it's not about that I, I feel mean, like it's funny because like, on one hand like yeah I'm bummed I I'm sure you are that yeah. we get that we yeah I, I get it like, like, yeah like we're, we're bummed that some Pokemon aren't there but even from a competitive standpoint I'm happy seeing this kind of cut because I'm gonna see like kind of like a reset 
or like just nerfing the meta. It's like, cool, that means yeah. we don't have to immediately start with all the stupid combinations of undefeatable Pokemon that are like really tough to beat. Like, cool, we don't have a Blissey. Like, thank God, I hate fighting. Like, yeah. Those things are just, they take any hit. And if Blissey was able to go Dynamax mode and it's and it maxed out a Dynamax level, that's literally double HP. And Blissey has like over 600 health by default. That's like 1,200 health. That's ridiculous. That's like that's a lot of health. Yeah, like the average Pokemon health is like three hundred or two hundred. So right, that's already. Right. So she already has double what a normal one has, and has like the she, highest. She. She's our female. And it has like the highest. Oh, I mean, we get back into my re- my asexual reproduction theory. I shared a few episodes ago. But continue, yeah. Sorry. And it has like the highest defense in the game. Well, at least not in this game. So that's good. Right. But yeah, like it's nice to see some Pokemon just like shoot out. And it, and it is nice that like, I mean, Tyranitar wasn't here, but whatever. Obviously, they're building towards the next starting here and going forward all the games being connected and obviously it's gonna be for pokemon home and they're gonna charge for that and there's clearly a business driven reason for why they're doing this but it is kind of nice that it's like a clean slate it is yeah. kind of nice that they did a good it's not all gen one front loaded like sure there's yet another form of meowth randomly this one looks very ragged oh yeah i'm not a fan of i'm of not the meowth redesign of like dirty santa claus meowth. yeah what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know what's up I with the berserker just like a but, demon meowth but um, but it is nice that what Sarah says it is nice that it's not all Gen One front load. It's actually like an even spread, and it does feel kind of fresh. But yeah, like I feel like there's so many things you can nitpick about the game, like hop, like some of the quality of life stuff that they backfired on, like yeah. some of the slowdown. Like so, there's definitely things that like you could tell this was their first pass at it. They can improve it. There, it maybe was rushed a little at the end to get it out for the holidays. Like there's some like Sun and Moon did a good job of streamlining just getting your Pokemon competitive ready, but this game like just takes it up to a whole new level, which is just awesome. I mean, it was pretty much just as they just as they advertised, you could get any Pokemon and turn it into a perfect Pokemon, so you don't even have to breed for perfect IVs anymore. As yeah. long as the only thing you do have to do is just do a ton of raid battles and a ton of battle tower battles, because you have to get those BPs, so you could get your bottle caps. But when you get your bottle caps, you can just take any Pokemon and it'll automatically get give them like perfect IVs and whatever stat you want. Another streamlining. Which, yeah, which is you could get you can make a perfect Pokemon in a few seconds, which is really amazing and really cool. Because that means all the shinies that I have in my Pokebank, or like I have this shiny chat top that I caught that I was like, oh man, I wish I could use you, but you're kind of garbage because you were born with that with those IVs. Now he's useful. So there you go. Pokemon is saving the day. Yeah, it's just, but it's just like one of those that, like, like there's always improvements, but people are so blinded by the, like... Yeah, you could change nature. You could, thing. you could transfer moves without breeding. Like, they have so many little nice, like... Yeah, I, tucks, I, I think Sword and Shield's just, like... It's just a prime example of, like, how fandoms... They think they have this... Like, just the problem with, like, fandoms, their power, the, yeah, the misguidance that can be stuff. caused. Like, some, I mean, it's really, this isn't just Sword and Shield, but, like, in the last few years, there's just been this sense that fans can demand things and it just has to happen it's really like well i mean up to this generation i mean every game has built on the last and hasn't like gotten rid of any of the features like i mean this one got rid of mega evolution z moves which dynamaxing kind of combined them both of them yeah which i mean is also nice for new people because they don't have to think about like okay is he gonna z move right now is he gonna mega evolve or is he gonna dynamax and it's like a whole they cleaned it up i mean they'll do that eventually i'm sure but and yeah, they don't, I like... mean, it's kind of nice, but yeah, like I remember there was a whole like thing where a lot of fans were really mad at Game Freak, and I forgot which one. But I think it was Sun and Moon, or I think it was Sun and Moon, because not every Mega Evolution made it into the game. There were a few like Pidgeot, Beedrill, 
whose mega stones just weren't obtainable in the game whatsoever, and some people were like really upset. And, <laughs> they must have had like heart attacks when this one happened. And eventually, Game Freak put out a statement like, "Oh, we've heard like that you guys like are big fans of these Pokemon. Here we go, a special gift. Here's like a Pidgeot with the Mega Stone and a Beedrill." See, with and the that worked because it's, it's a small thing they have to do. But like with Sword and yeah. Shield, people were expecting something one way, and the reality of the game was wildly different in another direction. And then the problem was the train already left the station, so to speak, and people still won't stop complaining. Like that, they're tweeting hashtag Game Freak lied, and it's just like. People were expecting Breath of the Wild with Pokemon running around, but like know? all the Pokemon. Yeah, with all the Pokemon. Yeah, and like, cause, and you know, they're complaining like, gasp! Some some models from past Pokemon games are being used in this one, along with the new models. And Game Freak, they said, no, it's only gonna be new models. What quote unquote entire new sequel has not used some assets from past games? Like, unless it's a hard reboot, I can't think. Like, <laughs> do they not want these people to like, spend time with their families? Yeah, it's not like. It's not like, they, you know, it's not like they didn't build a whole new engine for the wild area or, like, make all those models that exist from a past game now to work in the wild area. Like, there was a lot of work that put went into this. It was a thousand-person team. It's not like it was nothing. And I, I just think it's, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's social media giving people too much of a voice or if just the internet was a mistake or what. But I just feel like the I mean, the internet was definitely a mistake. It was definitely a mistake. But... But like, there's just this growing sense of entitlement with everything in gaming, which is kind of like it. You gotta wonder at some point, like, when are the demands of fandom justified, and when aren't they justified? And I feel like with Pokemon Sword and Shield, perhaps it wasn't that justified in the grand scheme of things. Like I said, I'm I'm not I'm not the biggest Pokemon right, fan. Right. I understand why people are mad that the National Ducks decks uh yeah cut yeah I mean I, basically in half. I get it, but like you said your piece let it go yeah <laughs> like, like i don't know why they're tweeting like like literally the day before game freak live there's a different hashtag of thank you game freak from the people that are trying to be supportive yeah and it's just like it's like this weird tug at this war. point like stop complaining and just don't buy the game yeah see if that hurts their 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 uh their profit spoiler alert it didn't it's the oh, fastest oh, one ever of course it did. <laughs> and sure enough like you have people saying like oh well anything that has nintendo's name on it people are just gonna buy regardless I mean, you are not going to buy this game. Yeah. So, so you I mean, proved your point. You spoke yeah. with your wallet. But then, like, sometimes on the flip side of that, like, there are fan outcries that do have benefit occasionally. Uh, like, on, I mean, the Sonic movie. Like, here's an example where the negative response was so strong that Paramount felt – they felt they actually had to change it because they thought it would affect how the movie performed. Because it was like – I mean, this was bi- – it was bigger than the Pokemon movie. It was like making the rounds on late night TV and, and monologues. It was like the tweets were at a magnitude well beyond the, the just gaming Twitter. Major like mainstream news publications were covering it. And, they you know, they decide, okay, this is a groundswell. This, I guess, is justified fan blowback in their mind. So they made a new Sonic and they put out the trailer last week. And, like, he looks a lot better. He actually looks like Sonic. He has a few realism tweaks. Like, they still kept his eyes separate. But they put white fur. But they actually gave him gloves. It's like, I don't know what they were so afraid of last time. They're like, oh, we can't give him gloves. That'd be too weird. Let's just make yeah. his hands white. Yeah, but, like, it, they, they did it, and it worked. And it's yeah. kind of cool. So that, this is a good example. But, like, <laughs> I mean, I mean people know a... who Sonic is. Like, they're not going to... Yeah. They, you, you know... What do you dumb. think of the trailer, Mr. I mean, Sonic fan and animator? I mean, the trailer... I mean, the quality of the movie still looks the same, but Sonic looks... A lot better. I mean, that's how I would have liked and loved to have seen Sonic in the movie. So that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I have no qualms at all with it. I mean, I was probably still going to watch the movie regardless, no matter how good or bad it, the movie looks. Well, you were but... in for Jim Carrey, weren't you, as well? No. I mean... No, that was me. Oh, that was you. Sorry. I mean, I like... <laughs> I'm kidding. I... I don't know. I mean, I like Jim oh, Carrey. Oh, yeah, you're... you hate this movie, don't you? I mean, I like Jim Carrey, but I don't know. He seemed like a odd 
casting choice. They're having him play a '90s Jim Carrey character in the middle. Yeah, because he's playing Jim Carrey, not Eggman. But well, he's Robotnik in this, not Eggman. No, they changed the name back just to confuse people. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think of the I don't even know if we ever talked about the Sonic movie with you on the podcast because they went radio silent after the design got slammed. Wait, what are my thoughts on the? On... I was just the. What do you think of the trailer? What do you think of the movie based on the trailer? I think that move. I mean, this was a better trailer. Yeah. But anything after that trash fire of a trailer is going to be better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the redesign, yeah, definitely looks way better. But I don't think we're going to get a better movie because of it. I right. think that movie. I think they're getting better. Probably be bad. Like fingers crossed, it's not because, I mean, video game movies are historically pretty terrible. Detective Pikachu disagrees. I mean, it wasn't I great. won't count that. Just because it's not necessarily like. I mean, sure. I guess this movie isn't an adaptation either. Yeah. Well, no, Detective Pikachu is an adaptation of Detective Pikachu for the 3DS. A straight-up adaptation? They changed the ending, but the rest is pretty spot-on. Okay, well. <laughs> I'd, I'd actually say it was one of the closer adaptations compared to stuff like the Mario movie or like the Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah, because the Sonic or... one, I mean, that's just getting its plot from nothing. I mean... Yeah, pretty much. But I, I do think... They didn't like, have to have it take place on Earth, I guess. Yeah, like... Some, sometimes Sonic Green Hill's on, on Earth, at sometimes... the beginning looks... Nice. Like if this was if this was a movie based on uh, Sonic Adventure Two, the the superior Sonic Adventure. I think that would have been an easy plot for them to adapt. So <laughs> then you could get the president on there. And so all the other people. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, he is surfing on a sheet of metal at one point in that trailer, just like in Sonic Adventure Two. Yeah, he's rolling around at the speed of sound. Got places to go. I don't, I don't remember the rest of City Escape. That was really that is smooth a, until you stopped a, yourself. That is a great song. <laughs> but it, um, I'm also I, joking about. No, I don't want Sonic Adventure 2 being adapted. Although, Can you imagine Shadow what? could be in the sequel. What if they just did Shadow the Hedgehog? Yo, and that's Shadow, their version of Joker. Shadow, Shadow is going to be in the post credit scene. Mark my words. It's going to be I'm the exact, w- that exact clip the, right bet. where he turns around like from the game. That exact. I'm willing to bet that, yeah, that Shadow mm. is in the post credit scene. And I bet you going to be Jim Carrey found like... He lost the battle, but like, oh, but I got some of Sonic's DNA. Let's clone and him And he up. makes Shadow, and mm. he gets Sonic 2. And then Tails is introduced. Well, I mean... Well, we don't know if he's going to be in this movie or not. I'm pretty sure Tails will also be in the end credits scene or something. Yeah. I will... Because has to get back to his planet. So I'm sure even if we don't see Tails, because they probably didn't even bother designing him, they probably just hear Tails' voice or Knuckles' voice. Oh, that's a good point. And it's not... (laughs) (laughs) And it's going to be something like turning around like, oh, hey, guys, but they don't actually show them. Maybe we see, like, their silhouettes or Or something. Or their feet. I, yeah, yeah. I wonder if they also had to get redesigned if they're oh, in the movie. Oh yeah, they did. Or, like they're still in that same <laughs> style, like, like, like just hideous monsters with teeth. Like you know, what's funny is like of all people, Yuji Naka, creator of Sonic, was kind of like, I kind of wish they had a version of the old design in the movie too. Like he was saying, like this is actually something I said on Twitter back when they announced the change. But like he's kind of like they should just. I want that cut. Like he wants the new one too, but he's saying he kind of wishes the old one was still an option in some capacity hashtag release the creepy sonic cut but maybe deleted scenes no I've... no no because they so basically um apparently this wasn't actually that expensive for them to make and they didn't make very much of it yet so there aren't very many deleted scenes like it wasn't expensive for them to like change is what i'm trying to say so because there weren't very many scenes so there's a rumor going around that it was like 35 million dollars to redesign sonic which is the budget of a nice indie movie at that point 
Um, but Which then, is what I think this movie will make in no, the, think, its first weekend. I think it might make a little more, but kids are going to eat it up. But um, apparently it, only, it cost them under $5 million to actually do the adjustment, which, you know, that's a much better percentage of a, of a budget just shy of $100 million than $35 million. Um, and from the sounds of it, the animators weren't overworked, like they weren't crunching. Yeah, they delayed they, yeah, it. So. And they got they got um, Tyson Hess, who did Sonic Mania's design. He's basically the go-to Sonic guy now, but he's the one that um, did the redesign. So they actually went and found an actual Sonic fan and were like, hey, you, maybe you should do this. So he did. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Are you going to say they did this on purpose? But, like, in what world does it make sense to release that first design? Yeah, <laughs> first, nothing first, 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 like, everyone, leg, everyone tinfoil fake. hats on. Okay, continue. I don't, even after, like, I forgot how bad the design looked. Because after the oh, new the trailer came out. Side? Same. Yeah, like, I was like, 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 I remember it was like bad, bad. But then when I thought the side by side, oh, I was like, yeah. whoa, like, this yeah. had to get okayed many times. So, the theory I've Like, at that heard... point, just put Ben Schwartz in, like, a Sonic <laughs> costume. Like... <laughs> I would watch that, that over the original design any day. I'd still watch out for this design. I like Ben Schwartz is great, but um, no, I don't know if I buy into that. What was his name in whatever show? John, Park John Ralphio. Oh, John, John Ralphio. Ralphio. Um, I don't know if I would buy. I don't know if I buy into that simply because it sounds like from everything that has been said about this, it they teased like it, the announcement like they were proud of it. Which announcement? The design? The original design. So here's why they I were like, 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 oh, like here he comes, and you see like a silhouette, and everyone was like, whoa, why are the legs like yeah. that? And then they came <laughs> out, right. and we're like, wow, it's here's worse why than I we don't thought. believe it. They lost a deal with Nike by delaying the movie. They were supposed to have Sonic shoes with Nike, and Nike backed out because like, oh, this is not well. Going those well. shoes and didn't now look Puma great step- anyway. Well, not Puma oh, stepping hold on. in. I'm, let me. I'm not a conspiracy. I do not believe that that this was just a marketing ploy. Okay, but I don't know. That just in the back of my mind, it's like maybe. It's not even maybe. You know, it's just, one it just nags at me in the back. Like, why that that thing? <laughs> that abomination. So, so here's the thing that really throws me off. So they have that. But then, like, Game Explain put out a video of Easter eggs in the new trailer. And there's right. a lot of them. So someone in that movie, I don't know if they got overruled by the execs. Like, that Sonic feels like he was designed by committee, the original. But someone in that movie was definitely like, no, I really am a Sonic fan. Here, put his little... Uh, dangling on a ledge animation in this one scene in a hotel room but in the background or like I don't know if you noticed when he had, had the nunchucks in the new trailer he's wearing the Sonic emblem on his little headband like the it's the one he stands in in the Sonic in, like you know title screen but without him in it like they have all these little winks and nods I'm like someone there's a fan but I really think like they got overruled by like it was probably designed by committee they took it to the Paramount exec's like no he needs to be more humanoid he's an alien in the real world like come on guys he's not a hedgehog and it kept getting worse and worse. And the animators are sitting there, like, crying as they're doing it. Like, we know this is wrong. And then eventually the fans backed him up. And now here we are. That's okay. my that's my theory. Of how oh, God. Now I'm just, like, imagining that scene where he's got the paddle ball. No, <laughs> right now with OG Sonic. Oh, God. No, no, no. You're imagining the wrong scene. How about the scene where he's laying in bed in a towel? I must have that was, that is a scene. Now think of old Sonic in bed in a towel well one around his body one on his head to kind of get back to what you had just mentioned earlier like yeah, yeah they lost that deal with nike and the original yeah. shoes like i mean it was not good yeah but even like the new shoes that he has in the movie now like those look really great they look like exactly how you would imagine sonic shoes would look in oh, real yeah. life and they're and, becoming real and not only that but like puma has already done like sonic shoes like we have them here in in our area and those, they are, look, those are awesome they're super cool and I mean, actually, like, Obis has collected every official Sonic shoe so far. Because he has those. And then he has the more, I guess, some shoes that look more like Sonic shoes. But they were Japan exclusive. I don't know if you've seen them. They're, like, red and they have the white stripe over them. Yeah. And, I mean, now they have, hopefully, the ones he's wearing. Because I've seen that 
I've seen a design of some other one they're gonna come out with that don't look like Sonic shoes. They're just Sonic branded. Right. Kind of like your Nintendo ones. Right. My uh, Vans that are just the color scheme of the NES, but in the most subtlest of ways. Yeah. So I know they're Nintendo, <laughs> but no one else does. <laughs> well, sometimes that's the best kind of. It, I I do prefer yeah. subtler like video game clothes. <laughs> like I don't need the one that's like game over, bro. And it's just like that's on the soul, or whatever. <laughs> what? That's on the soul, though. No, oh, no, oh, the oh, shirts. Oh. The shirts are like, Oh, okay. Because like, like, uh, every shoe said game over, but it was on the floor. No, no, no. That, that's really bad. I'm talking about the ones that are like, game over, bro. It's like a gamer and a wife or something. I don't remember them. There's a lot of... Or are like, you wearing a gaming shirt? It it's, is. It's a, v, it's a shirt I got at GDC for a VR game. Yeah. What's it called? Um, A Fisherman's Tale. Yeah. Nice. I wonder You're if the only one here that's not wearing a gamer shirt. I knew I wanted to work today. Oh, nice. Kojima Productions. Hey, does this dude have Kojima. a name? He has a name, right? The Kojima Production uh, logo guy? The astronaut. I think... Ludens, I think it's Ludens. Yeah, it's the official mascot. Mm. I was going to guess Stan, but I guess I was wrong. You were... I was very wrong. <laughs> anyway. I think um... got this at Comic-Con last time that I was there. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought it was from E3. No. The PlayStation Store. Outside. Was it? Was it E3? Yeah. <laughs> okay, never mind. I think I was. I think either. <laughs> just stop talking. It was. I, I I might be wrong. I think so. And then, no, yeah. You just gotta say it with confidence, it and it becomes reality. That's how that's how lies become truth. You already got your Game Award tickets. I did. I did. Really? I yeah, I got them a couple weeks ago. Huh. I go every year, and we'll have coverage on the episode after December twelfth. Speaking of the Game Awards, actually, you know what I'm happy about? Tetris ninety nine got nominated for best multiplayer game. That makes me very happy. I love Tetris. 99. What else is nominated? Uh, I don't have the list in front of me, but Nintendo won already. They were oh, yeah, best, best <laughs> they, family best game. family game. They have every nomination. It's Yoshi, Luigi, um, Mario Maker, oh, sorry. and two others. I'm blanking out because I was not prepared to talk about the Game Awards today. Uh huh. What else came out this year? Yes. I remember. Come on. Other games. <laughs> Fine, I'll find it. But yeah, it's fine that Nintendo just had their own category, basically. They're already winners. Did you happen to see what was nominated for Game of the Year? Smash Bros. Really? Yeah. Uh, along with other games. <laughs> oh, here we go. Nintendo Best Family, Resident Luigi's Evil? Mansion, Ring Fit Adventure, Mario Maker, Smash Bros. Ultimate, Yoshi's Craft. Wait, what about Game of the Year? Oh, I was just looking at a screenshot from my tweet of the category. Uh, fine. Look at this. We're going off script. I think Resident Evil 2 is nominated. Resident Evil 2 is nominated. Smash Bros. is nominated. And I won't win, but um, I hope it does. Because that was the original um, game. It's loading. Uh, da, da, da. I don't remember what else came out this year. That I, think Control I feel like there's a bunch of people got... listening right now, and they're just like, yeah, I know the list. Uh, Control, Death Stranding. That's going to be Death interesting. Stranding. Yep. Death Stranding was the second most nominated game That's... this year. And uh, Sekiro oh, Shadows cause... Die Twice. Oh, oh wait. And, wait, wait, wait. One, and one more. The Outer Worlds. I think of those three person. Oh, out of those three, how many? Six? Isn't there conflict of interest yeah. with Death Stranding, though? I mean, he's in Well, the so game. he doesn't actually... So that's the thing. He, there is and there isn't. And it's going to be weird, and I'll answer your question in a second about Kevin. Kevin, it's uh, six. Yeah. Here's the thing. Jeff Keighley's the host, but and I think he might be a voter, but they actually have a panel of judges from 80-some-odd publications that actually pick. Oh, that's cool. So it's a conflict of interest in terms of, like, the presentation, because obviously... Yeah, because we know he loves... But he, he and Kojima are, like, BFFs. Kojima. But I don't know if it's a conflict of interest. So I don't know if Kojima feels the same way about oh, Jeff really? Keighley. <laughs> no, like, like, Ooh, like no, no. I'm just saying this, this is like, a conspiracy theory no, I want to hear. No, to me, does it's he like, not voice act himself? No, Jeff Keighley. Yeah. in the game, no. It's, yeah, he does. It's, Jeff does it? the voice for his no, character. For, Jeff does his character. It doesn't sound like him though. It's him. Huh. 
Uh, well, he must have had a lot well, of filters. It, it's it's, like it's more like no, this is I don't know like any any like inside info. I'm just saying like like Jeff, Jeff Keeley like reveres Kojima and stuff like that. But I'm like I'm thinking just Kojima just thinks of him as like a, an, a like dorky. a like a friend, yeah. yeah. Not like BFF. I love you and we're gonna do this together. And I like, think you're probably like we're right. gonna go on vacation. <laughs> like like I think you're probably right to be honest. Like. And I hate to say that because like, yeah, Jeff Keeley's a really nice dude. No, yeah, but I think Jeff's like like he's been the. It's every like, time I've interacted with him, real life or digital, he's been the nicest. It's dude. like Kojima is Jeff's god, and and, and Jeff, Jeff is, is just a moral, just a big fan. Just his yeah, it's just, just a fanboy. Fan, yeah, yeah. It after the whole sorry, Kojima Jeff. thing happened, I remember like Kojima didn't appear in the Game Awards one year. He and, got banned. And, yeah, yeah, and he was like saying like. And then Kili was saying a speech, and I think he teared up. And then the year after, like, he came back and, like, he brought him up on stage. But I think only so Keely Keely getting... was getting choked up. And then Kojima was like, no, like oh, Ke- thank you. Yeah, no, it was Keely got choked up when he was able to, like, create the moment where he brought back Kojima after he got rejected. After he got blocked by Konami from showing up. And Kojima's like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but you know what? Honestly, like, if we're talking about Gamble more, it's the one that I was the most like, oh, this is cool. Well, three. The two times they did music. The, the Mario Odyssey oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, performance, yeah, and when story. they did the Smash uh, medley. But primarily when they did uh, Mario Odyssey, I was like, this is the only time they're ever going to do this live. This is awesome. That's why I go in case that happens. But last year was super cool because they got... This because is, uh, this Joker g- got announced. Sure. That's I was going to say, uh, you're going to hate me for this, I know. As the guy that always likes spelling off sales numbers, oh, I thought God, it was super really? cool when they brought out the three execs together because the game industry has oh, never put them on stage together. That. I mean, yeah. I guess. Like, I was really like, "This is really cool," and I kind of like Jeff Keighley. Like, he said it, it was like, it's, "Like, you could tell he's getting like oh, two I can't of those do out. not work at their companies exactly. anymore." <laughs> funny. That's what Sean Layden and uh, Reggie are gone, which is like makes it even better that they were able to pull it off before they all part away because they were like pretty iconic at their companies. I think it's maybe like they knew that they were on their way out. Like, maybe let's <laughs> just do it. But they then just... get like corporate approval too. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, but like, yeah, because like if they brought out Doug Bowser, as much as Bowser is, you know the president of Nintendo of America and, and he shares the name of the character. Like, like no one's going to be quite the same as like, Oh, these guys that have been like throwing lobbing shots back and forth for like 14 years well, altogether. Give Bowser a couple years. I mean, he doesn't have that yet. I know. And that's my point. That's mm. my point. Like you needed Reggie in that moment. Or, uh-huh. like, that's the thing. Or like if they brought out, like I can't even think of a Miyamoto equivalent to another, another company at quite that scale, but if they were to have them uh-huh. come out. The creator of final fantasy. See, but they're not really, like, competitors. I guess developers aren't competitors in the same way that executives yeah, are. So yeah, really, really they're, they're, yeah. they're all kind of... I guess, theoretically, them. every Game Awards, they yeah, put together all the developers. Like the closing thing would be, like, the yeah, director of, like, Battlefield comes out with, like, the director of Call of Duty or something. And then they sit down Because they're definitely Fortnite. competing with each yeah. other. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know that the Fortnite guy's going to come out with it. Like, oh, you're putting it on the same scale as this Yeah, it's like, wait, hold on. But we ripped off his game for our mode <laughs> but yeah it uh so game awards yeah they're coming up we'll talk about it but we we sort of got on a weird tangent what were we even originally talking about oh yeah we're sonic. talking about sonic <laughs> we're talking about sonic and i was making a point the reason i brought up sonic is like sometimes fandom can be like fan reactions are justified like fandom demands are justified because hey, like for go ahead i mean it happened with ninja turtles also i mean the movies still were okay mm-hmm. um they're not directed by michael bay but everyone calls them the bay turtles anyway because it's easier he produced but when the bay when the Bay movies were first announced, it was just going to be called Ninja Turtles, and there were going to be aliens from space, and they were right. going to have a different design. And there was fan outcry, and they eventually added on Teenage Mutant, and said, "All right, they're mutants. Don't worry." And and see, please watch our movie. That's the thing is like the the difference to me between that plus Sonic and like Pokemon 
is you were talking about pretty small things that make a fan base happy. Like changing a plot point isn't that expensive. Spending five million to redesign Sonic at your hundred million dollar budget isn't that expensive. Yeah, they never they didn't care about the fan outcry with the designs. I mean they kept the nostrils and the In lids. part because it probably wasn't as much of a groundswell and more to the point it probably cost them too much. Oh yeah, those like, I'm sure cost them like, a lot. Because yeah. like, there's four of them. So, yeah. Fans have been so empowered by things like convincing Paramount to change Sonic that now they think they could do anything. But like Pokemon, if you had to, if they did the national decks, you'd have to bring back like four hundred Pokemon. That's half the game. Like, I mean, to give you a better example, like you remember when the um, Mario Maker controversy happened over the summer? The multiplayer. Yeah, like there, everyone's freaking out because Nintendo didn't include friend multiplayer in Mario Maker Two. It's kind of a parallel to the Sonic thing because in the grand scheme of things, that's a very sm- just like Sonic's design was a very small cost for the whole thing. Mario Maker Two, it's not that hard to add a mode. Like, so you know they can keep fans happy they can get a second round of news when they came out and fixed the problem they can in the case of sonic kona brian even did a skit that's a whole nother type of coverage like there's ways obviously as in the biggest lines in the world but that's a whole nother type of coverage like there's attention given and it's a good outcome and it doesn't cost you very much in mario maker 2's case it took nintendo till october to do it which is a little long but they did it and then no one seemed to notice when they did it. but they did it so it's a pr win for them so like when it's small enough the fan demands work when it's bigger is when they don't and I think that's what most internet citizens have trouble wrapping their hand around where they're all worked up about something. Because, like, even, like, perhaps a more timely parallel than uh, Mario Maker. I mentioned Mario at the top of the show, Mario Kart Tour has its controls not exactly fixed, but better. And that, to me... Well, first of all, that, to me, doesn't make sense because, like, you did a beta test for, like, a while in the spring. And then you had it out for two months. And only then did you decide, oh, maybe these controls aren't good? Like, how did you not see the red flags at any point along the way? But yeah, what they did um, is there's a button now in the middle of the screen. So you can either swipe to steer or you can swipe over the button to drift. They finally split them. If you guys remember from when you played it, it used to be all drift or all steer and no drift. Yeah. And now they finally give you both. So it actually feels a little more like Mario Kart. It's not perfect. It's still a little weird. But like... It's a little too little too late. In some ways, yes. But in some ways, no. Because they're seeing... Well, it's already deleted. Like, I'm not going to re-download well, it. But like, at least they like... Like, see, something like this I mean, but that like, wasn't even like my issue with it. Because I got used to and like the controls originally. Right, yeah. It was just everything else. But yeah, it just seemed like... I don't know. Like, this is the sort of thing that like... If, if the Pokemon issue was on this scale, it would be fine. Like, you just throw them in. But if it, you know, because, like, in, especially in Mario Kart's t- case, they had both control options. All they did was make a toggle that doesn't require you to go to a different menu. That's literally it. So, like, it, it's pretty simple. Not only that, but, like, if you're going to add 400 Pokemon, there is only so much space yeah. that you can put those in. Yeah. yeah. And the game already has ish- optimization issues, as yeah. you point out. So. Yeah. So, it's just, it's yeah, just and even in, And even then, like, I don't know if a lot of people realize that when they quote-unquote add the other Pokemon in the other games they sometimes aren't even obtainable whatsoever in that game they're just available through like yeah through like trade so you could like transfer them over yeah but unless you transfer them over it's not like all 900 Pokemon are there yeah and it's like like you still need the other games to get them so right and there are no other games that connect yet because Pokemon Home is a whole new thing and let's say they did build it in like they could lean on someone else to make them I mean apparently just I recently learned Bandai Namco apparently is like doing everything for Nintendo now. So they helped make half the assets for ARMS. They made half the assets for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. They made about half the assets for... Or no, not this one. They made many 
of the visual assets, uh, as well as half the bonus challenges inside Mario Kart Tour. It's like if Game Freak really needed to, they could have Nintendo hook them up with Namco Bandai and or Bandai Namco and like get the other 400 Pokemon. But it all comes back to the thing like it's just it's too core, it's too big. It's just that that you know in May you're not gonna redo your whole game and double its size when it comes out in November. That's not even possible. Like you know Mar- Mario Maker, that's a mode. Mario Kart Tour, that's a toggle. Sonic was what five percent of the total budget. Like that's doable. There's no way that you can get fifty percent of a game to change. So I feel like I feel like people like just need to kind of gauge your expectations a little too. And and not only that, but like at the end of the day, this was the vocal minority for sure. Like we kind of referenced how you know it wasn't a very loud, uh, it wasn't a very big crowd that was saying this. Here's the thing: Pokemon sold six million copies its launch weekend. Too many of which were here in North America alone. Really. It worked, gentlemen. The boycott worked. It worked so well. Uh, that It worked so well that it was the fastest-selling Switch game ever and the highest-grossing Pokemon game launch ever. Now, that that one's a misnomer because it's also the most expensive Pokemon game launch. It's $20 more than it used to be. Uh, but still, it it's an impressive number. It's more than double the debut of Let's Go. Um, and, you know, Let's Go had its own negativity around Did it, too. Did that one too. do really well? I mean, it stole about three million in its first week. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like it, that it one... did well. It it went up to it's at eleven point eight nine million or so right now, something I feel like that. Like the complaints on that one are worse, almost just because they made it clear that, that wasn't a core Pokemon game and that it wasn't gonna have all yeah. of them. And people were still like, "Why isn't this there? Why is blah blah blah? Why yeah. can only three Pokemon Mega evolve? Why is it even included if that wasn't in the?" Yeah, I, I, it was like some sort of like olive branch to the fans. I don't know, but yeah, no. uh Let's Go did okay. I believe it's outpaced or on pace with Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Hmm. So, like, it, it's a different game. Who knows if they're going to keep that franchise going, but it did well. It petered off. Like, it's selling nowhere. Like, it has no, like, real long tail, but it did well for that first year, and now they have, you know, uh, Sword and Shield to start things. Just to give you a comparison, though, um, of how Sword and Shield did, did compare to other Pokemon, let you take away the Switch element and the price. Uh, X and Y sold four million in its first weekend, which is less, obviously. And Sun and Moon, uh, we don't have first weekend numbers, but we know that within the two and a half weeks is out in its November, it sold seven point two million. So Sword and Shield may very well be outpacing Sun and Moon. So yeah, the boycott worked wonders. Uh, clearly, the natural de- the national decks controversy is one that you know, in the grand scheme of things, does not offer the sort of win win that the others did. Like. Nintendo wasn't going to get anything out of it, and there wasn't enough for fans to not want to buy it. Uh, yeah, so in all honesty, given how like Game Freak stuck to their guns through all this, I suspect they knew from the start that whoever fans were freaking out and getting Game Freak Live trending were not that big of a fan base. Um, and you know, honestly, look, actually, if if let's say the boycott did work on some level, let's say it was a small, a small but dedicated. Those change.org petitions actually work. Yeah, like <laughs> let's say it changed on a small scale, right? It's not. Oh, like... God, I read some of those like summaries on like why they want to change it. It's like just yeah. the, the cringy thing, like don't let them like taint like years and years of like tradition and like the culture of gaming is gonna be like destroyed. And I don't know, like they were like getting super flowery and just the culture of gaming. <laughs> Ugh. My but... favorite thing that I read was like. They're gonna make me buy a game with only four hundred potent. <laughs> making you buy anything? Yeah, that's the thing. It's optional. So let's say you do boycott it, right? Let's say I'm not gonna buy the game. I don't want my culture of gaming changed. <laughs> Fine. Guess what? Game Freak hears you. It's not like 
I mean, you point out Sun and Moon earlier, right? How they brought in some of the stones later on. Yeah. Like, they're maybe not going to do it with Sword and Shield because it's too many Pokemon to add. But, like, what's to stop them from doing it with future Pokemon games? I mean, they've actually gone on record saying they're not going to do it with Sword and Shield. But do what's what, to exactly. um, bring in more Pokemon after the fact? Okay. Like, they have said, this is it. We're, this is where it stops. Next game, we'll have more. But, like, what's to stop them from learning from this experience in the future without you necessarily having to rip them apart personally. Like it, it's literally what happened with Luigi's Mansion, except not as severe. But the original Luigi's Mansion was set up one way, one giant mansion you explore freely, and then the sequel was turned into a mission-based structure, and a lot of people didn't like that. Um, and obviously the feedback on that wasn't as severe as Pokemon's has been, but the general consensus seemed to be they should do the old structure, the kind of free-form Luigi's Mansion, you explore what you want. So what did Next Level Games do for Luigi's Mansion 3? They switched back to the old structure, and lo and behold, Luigi's Mansion 3 went on to not only have the strongest debut in the series, meaning it sold better than the launch title original that everyone bought when they bought their GameCube, but it was the number three on a very busy October MPD sales chart, only behind Modern Warfare and only behind The Outer Worlds at 1 and 2. So, like... The Outer Worlds sold that well? Yes. Jesus. Yeah. But uh, point is, like, you can, like, give feedback and have it shape a future game and just not buy the game or just, like, enjoy the things that are there and then come back to it. Like, Luigi did it just fine. Had a great debut. Um, actually, side note, this is the only other thing about the MPD I'm going to bring up. It's like a mini Jason Sales Corner. Um, ring Fit Adventure also did really well. Like, for a new IP that comes with a giant squishy ring thing that um, is about exercise, it was number 10 on the chart. It actually hmm. bumped Link's Awakening off the top ten. Yes, well deserved. They did a really good job on that game. I'm still playing through it. I'm like on week. Oh yeah, because you got it. Now. Yeah, you didn't have it before, but now you. No, I was just waiting for right. That's what like, happens when you buy something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, just you didn't the, have it, and then you I'm, bought it, and then you have it. Listen, <laughs> like, I'm through the concept. I want to make sure we're all on the same page of how buying works. But yeah, you're saying. But yeah, and I mean, I could definitely say. I mean, I've been playing on the hardest difficulty, and it's tough but i'm gonna wait until i'm like a month in just to i'm getting oh, like, in terms of like talking about it, yeah know? yeah because i've been getting new mechanics introduced like every other like level now that yeah i want to make sure i have like a full idea of like what the game has to offer because i mean there's a bunch that this game has to offer but i feel like i'm just scratching the surface right now because there's like seven there's, like, there's a lot of worlds and i'm barely like on the, the fourth so yeah. But you were one of the people that helped it be a top 10 release in its opening month and as I, a new IP that cost $80 and, and it was all about that. exercise. That's that's pretty cool. Um, I mean, the rest of like the MPD was basically exactly what you'd expect. The usual evergreens are still there. Interestingly enough, um, while I feel like Overwatch didn't really get any attention when it came to Switch on the eShop, it actually sold pretty decently uh, physical copies, really? which is weird because it's digital only. What? Like if you buy a physical copy, you get a code to download from the eShop. Oh. There is no physical copy. Oh, there's no physical cart. Yeah, no cart. Okay. Yeah. But sometimes that's all I would like that. I mean, I wish the US did that. I more. wonder if that's how it works on the other consoles. Japan does that. That's how Fortnite works on all the consoles. Yeah. No, I think but Overwatch is a dish. Japan does have um no Oh, in Japan for uh, uh for, Fortnite uh, wow. In let me reset. In Japan, Overwatch does come on a cartridge. Oh, no, no. I'm not talking about like the fact that you just have a lot of games in general that you just buy the case with a code. Oh, yeah. Because I would like to have cases, but I don't want cartridges. Like, or I just Yeah, I would have been okay with that, too. It would have, like, it would have resolved a lot of my like, physical like, like, like this, Gen, like, the, the more 
the more and more time we spend in this generation of the Switch, the more I regret. Yeah, the, 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 the more I feel like that decision was perfect. Especially like you know, like I have a physical copy of Luigi's Mansion because you know we're gonna beat that game, move on. Doesn't have to clog up space on my Switch, and you know it's only there on the cartridge slot temporarily. Yeah, but. You know, I mean, Smash Brothers, I still play once in a while. Pokemon, like, my brother got a digital copy, so that's, I've been watching that and keeping up with that. Mm-hmm. But because you play that game so often, it's kind of, yeah, you, you don't want to have to keep taking it out and out to yeah. play Smash Brothers. Well, it also, I, mean, I mean, I had Sun and digitally, and that was, like, perfect. It goes back to that example of us at uh, E3 that one time, and you're like, hey, let's play Barman. And I had oh. to, like, fiddle, and all my cartridges fell, and I'm like, I'm... Living yeah, in the past. you were literally that meme like I have too many <laughs> with the limes or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and when you drop them and then like, oh, it doesn't have the update. Now I have to switch to like Mario Kart. But then that one didn't have the update. Like, I guess we just won't play. Let's play yeah. Street Fighter on my console. Yeah, it. Uh, I definitely made a mistake. I should have done digital. Yeah. Are you mostly digital or physical? I am most mostly uh, digital. I'm I'm done collecting physical games. Although I'm getting the. I'm getting two collector's editions of, uh, <laughs> of uh, <laughs> that being said um, I'm done collecting I'm but getting, let me talk about these collector's editions <laughs> the big boy I, I, big spender I, I am getting the uh, two collector's editions of cyberpunk mm. wait so and they're of the same game wait so what yeah and I'm gonna get them digitally too my point being hold on what? <laughs> so I'm quadrupling down on one game instead of buying <laughs> well one's a PS4 copy and the other one's a PC copy oh, so, the, wait is it the same Collector's edition, just yes. on different. What we, why? What why? Why with? did we bring? I'm them curious. <laughs> What's come with? Yeah. A really cool looking statue. They need two of. Is it a Keanu Reeves? I'm not opening one of them. Uh, I'm, probably, I'm probably not gonna open up the PlayStation one. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. What happens when they come out with a PS5 we'll see, version? We'll see, we'll you have to get that one. We'll too. see. The re- the reason that I had to do that was because. Originally, the collector's edition was strictly only console. Yeah. And so I said, well, whatever. I'll, I'll just buy the collector's edition, uh, you know, keep it, and then I'm just going to play it on PC. Right. But then uh, CD Projekt Red was like, all right, we, we heard we you all cry. Uh, see, we'll, see. we'll put out a PC, a PC edition. It goes then. back to my whole fandom. When is it justified thing? For them, that's easy money, and the fans are happy, so of course they're yeah. going to do it. It's literally you just got to slap a new box on it. Yeah. And... I mean, I'm assuming that code is going to be digital. Although, I think you still get a steel book. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways. <laughs> anyways, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. yeah That's but, why I'm getting, I'm getting I, two collector's editions I, of... Uh, I understand. And that was very nice of you to, to sort of dovetail it back to my the next thing I wanted to touch on real quick, which is um, we're talking about like what fans want from companies and whether companies will essentially put out for the fans. But on the flip side, there are times that like companies are like we think fans will do this and fans are like no like what are you doing like what i mean is it's a it's a barter deal right like if a company's trying to sell you on something it needs to be beneficial to you the person and to them the company and it, there's some sort of like yin and yang to that right but sometimes if a company's more monetarily driven or they're making a more monetary driven decision it it's not reasonable to fans. Like I feel like there are a couple of times this these past couple of weeks where I read something Nintendo was supposedly doing or has announced they're doing, and I was like, "What? Like re- what?" And I think the prime example of that, where this value just doesn't feel worth it as a fan, is Animal Crossing Pocket Camp has paid subscriptions on top of all the free to play stuff they're doing. Mm, do you think the subscription would just be the? With everything that's coming out. Well, here's what out? they are. There are two of them. 
There are two separate ones that you have to buy separately that do different things. So one of them is $3, and it's called the Happy Helper Plan. And I'm just going to read specifically what it says. Is it going to make me angry? Maybe. You can appoint your favorite animal as your camp caretaker. In your place, the camp caretaker will fulfill requests, gather items needed for events, and generally give you support around the campsite. In other words, you are paying the game to grind itself, and you're paying $3 every month for it to grind itself. Which I guess... Pretty dope. But that just seems... Yes, Kevin? Okay, I, I have an interesting uh, counterpoint to this. Go ahead. Uh, but, but, but go okay, the, I'll the tell you one. the second plan. The, the second plan is called the Cookie and Depot plan. And in this one... Ooh, saucy. <laughs> yeah. In this one, you can choose five cookies a month. So the cookies are how you get random items now. They're fortune cookies. Uh, they introduced it after I think we all stopped playing. But you can choose five cookies a month from a wide selection of previously released fortune cookies. This plan is a good option for anyone looking to get their hands on some cool items. You'll also be able to use warehouses where you can store up to 5,000 different items, furniture and clothing. Conceptually, that's not bad. You can go back and get things you couldn't get before. What do you think the cost is in order to go back and get things you haven't gotten before? $8 a month. What? Yeah. That? Okay, I'm just going to throw my counterpoint out the window. <laughs> now, now, to be fair, if you cancel, so if you only want one specific, like two specific items and you want to just get one $8 plan $8 one time and cancel it, let's say you want to do that. Hear me out. That's more expensive you, than Crunchyroll. Hear me out. Hear me out. If you do that, you get more to keep your... Disney Plus. <laughs> I know. If you do that, you get to keep your warehouse of existing items, even if you cancel, because Nintendo's that kind. But, like, what is this? Like, literally, what was the counterpoint you to make when it was only so, the $3 one? So originally I, it was it was gonna be because uh who was it that Bethesda recently just had this mm-hmm. uh where Fallout seventy six is getting like some sort of subscription service for ten dollars where like you get your private uh your own private server, um you're getting like more space or like more more inventory space that stuff, seems stuff like reasonable. that. But it's also like demands that players have been wanting. Right. But and like now they're charging ten dollars, but like my point was like to maybe me or you it seems insane but to them it might it be it seems insane but like this isn't made for us true so that three dollar one it's like it's not made for us we, that's we true. don't play I understand, and I understand that, that second yeah. point what <laughs> what <laughs> yeah no it's it's not great now I should be fair these do have a Borderline couple insulting. these do have a couple other perks that we need to point out to be fair to Nintendo should have said they that from the very beginning they both share overlapping perks that include Shorter wait times for crafting, but I don't know by how much. And, ready for this? You get an exclusive newsletter called The Journal that will give first looks, not access, looks at upcoming items in the game and various columns with ideas on how to design your campsite. So, you know, a website, but like you're paying, they put a a paywalled website into their plans, essentially. And the one cool thing in all this is to drum up excitement. Nintendo's actually. Anyone that signs up for our subscriptions will be entered to win a physical version of the Animal Crossing item bag. That's like a nice stitched like cloth bag, and I think they're giving out a few hundred of them or something, or a thousand, a few hundred, maybe. or a thousand maybe. I don't know. <laughs> just a few hundred. No, but you're not guaranteed. That's the thing. You're not guaranteed. Oh, yeah, you can okay. enter to win it. But yeah, eight dollars a month. You can watch like thousands upon thousands of hours of Disney, as you were pointing out. You can go experience a video game without actually playing it in The Mandalorian. Which is essentially you get a okay. Game Pass on PC and have access to hundreds. We'll, like, we'll just say hundreds again. No, maybe about a hundred games. Yeah. My point yeah. being, eight dollars a month. It's just shy of Stadia, which is somehow probably worse value than this. 
Ooh, I think, no, I think Stadia's 15. Oh, never mind. Then it's a little... It's, it's half a Stadia, but probably about equal value. I'm so glad I canceled my, my pre-order. Dude, Stadia. Oh, Stadia. Oh, Stadia. So, you I'm were one so of those. Stadia is... Oof. I mean... Boy, was I wrong. Yeah. I've never... Uh, Jason I've never, was right. Damn I've it. never been <laughs> so, like, gloaty as watching Stadia crumble. Well, here's the thing. I wasn't... I thought if Google was going to do it, they were going to do it right. But my bigger concern was them doing it at all but it they definitely took the wrong approach with stadia because like the people they're selling it to are not the people that are gonna want stadia the people are gonna want stadia if they're gonna play a three-year-old game without having to buy a console they're not gonna want to play 60 bucks and a 15 dollar founder so it pack and in spite of the other stuff that i guess it didn't have at launch because i mean that... it didn't have anything at launch oh. basically it's missing everything promise essentially right like it didn't have the free buddy pass it didn't have you didn't even guarantee you're, to get you're, it day one. You're getting you're getting the buddy pass like a couple weeks after. Yeah, which isn't horrible, but like they promoted it as day one. Um, it only works with one specific Chromecast model for now, which they'll ship to you, but it only works with that one. Those are now overheating and crashing. Oh, are they? <laughs> yep. Oh, boy. Um, Somebody it, tell uh, Victor before his apartment burns down. Oh, Jesus yeah, we Christ. should let him know. He still kept his, huh? Yeah. That's our friend. I mean, I mean he said that it that sucked. So. Yeah. Um, also, like, it has... 25% of its launch lineup was Tomb Raider somehow. It had like three Tomb Raider games. <laughs> They're really good well. Tomb Raider games, though. They are. Th- they're fair. really good Tomb Raider games. Yeah. I think that. And no exclusives. Oh, well, no, it had one exclusive. Yeah. Uh, Baldur's Gate? Hmm? What? Did Baldur's Gate come out? I mean, at launch. Oh, it had one exclusive. Launch. It was all old games. It's just like what they made and what they described it as were very different. And they should have launched with a casual facing thing. And then ramped it because you know a year from now it could work. A year from now they could be they could say why do you need to upgrade your PS4 to a PS5 where you can just get those games on what you have now and stream it, and you don't need to spend six hundred, five hundred, four hundred dollars on a new console. And our graphics will be as good as theirs, but in two years ours will be better than yours because ours will keep upgrading. That's a value proposition right there. That's a pitch. That's not what they've done for the time being. There's no. Right? Like, wouldn't that be kind of tempting to some people? It's, I mean, yeah, but... Yeah, but they don't have that right now. It's weird. And they're charging full price for... But those are the least of that of that service issues. I'm just talking oh, just yeah. straight up the, like, connectivity problems that people have with Oh, that. yeah, the latency's yeah, bad. Like, yeah, the latency's bad. Um, It's freezing. The UI the, doesn't work sometimes. The controller, which was, like, promised to be like, oh, you can take your controller from, like, from the TV to your PC, like, in oh, one, like... Yeah just in one swoop no you gotta connect your controller to the pc yeah the, the wireless controller is wired yeah so mm-hmm. i mean we're, yeah it's it, it, they 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 launched a beta but they didn't call it that and then they charged full price for it not a good yep. look not a good look it makes nintendo's eight dollar animal crossing seem well now that's insane in its own way but not very different it makes the wii u launch no it makes every half-baked nintendo launch look buttery smooth by comparison yeah yeah so, they still had good games. I yeah. Mean, one, well, at least game. a good game. And, yeah. I mean, a lot of those promises were never really there, I guess. Well, the equivalent were there. You know, Nintendo saying you're going to have a device with a touchscreen, and then they made games that worked with the touchscreen, or they, you know, the yeah. Wii had motion control that delivered on the exact promise of what Wii Sports would be. You can swing it like a tennis racket. Granted, it wasn't as refined, but it was, an, it was close enough that people could hold out and continue to enjoy it up until Wii Motion Plus. So, Yeah. This is just not great. But anyway, yeah, so that's Animal Crossing. It's nuts. I mean, yeah, the $3 one maybe isn't so crazy, but the $8 one, like, what are you doing, Nintendo? And I think we can thank Mario Kart Tour for that because uh, 
an episode or two ago, we mentioned the game wasn't generating as much revenue as Nintendo's other offerings. But in their Q&A portion of their financial briefing, which came out after we talked about the briefing last episode, uh, Nintendo's president, Shintaro Furukawa, he said the monetization in their mind is off to a good start and that offers multiple avenues of payment in the form of both you know, in-game items and subscriptions. In other words, it's a long-term play, and if it works, I think every Nintendo thing is going to now have like a two-prong monetization thing on mobile, which, you know, it feels very business-driven. It doesn't feel like it's offering much benefit to the user. Maybe the grind speed up one is, but absolutely not the like $8 for five little items when they normally don't cost you anything close yeah. to that. It just sounds like trying to get. What was that? How's that saying go? Um, have their cake and eat it too. Yep, that's exactly what they're doing. Which I never got. Yeah, it's I, a I, reference. I know what it's trying to say. It's a reference to. Um. I think a revolution in England. Maybe someone correct this if this is wrong. You know how to find us on the internet. But I think I think it's a reference to Marie Marie Antoinette or something. And basically, it's the let them eat cake idea, where it's like the everyone was complaining. That there was too much cake? Like, no, no, no. All these people were complaining that they didn't have enough money, and she's like, oh, well, let's meet another cake. No, <sighs> these are different things entirely. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I was just trying to figure it out. I have no idea. Anyway, Brain Age, that's the other thing I was going to bring up. That's kind of a weird business-driven thing. Um, this is actually kind of – it's very similar to Animal Crossing in that, like, what are you doing, Nintendo? Which is, rumor has it, here in North America, the reason we haven't yet heard about Brain Age for Nintendo Switch coming stateside is because uh, – it's not going to be in stores. According to a source at uh, a retail mm, source the last for... one was exclusively digital. But... but here's the difference. Well, first of all, I should, I should say where this comes from. Nintendo Soup has a guy in the supply chain that claims it. So it could be true. could be not. Who knows? But uh, let's say it is. On one hand, it kind of makes sense for exactly the reason you said, Angel. It, it, it was the last one was digital. The series kind of petered out. The 3DS one basically bombed. Uh, so, you know, Nintendo doesn't invest too much money. They could do kind of a soft reset, see if there's an audience, grow that audience, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it, their digital sales are great. There's no reason that putting it digital will hurt sales. Their last financial showed that digital sales were up 80% for them year over year, Nintendo, like Nintendo as a whole. So there's an audience there. It's fine. But the problem is Brain Age is a game that kind of needs a stylus for some of its mini games. The math ones, you're supposed to draw numbers. And it's a fact Nintendo is well aware of because Japan and Europe are getting physical bundles with a stylus included. Yeah, they even did that with Mario Maker in some instances. Yeah, but they realized, that one you could argue didn't. No, 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 it, it doesn't need it. But this they one, start to realize that some things do need a stylus. Otherwise, yeah. they would have just like doubled down and not given made it an option. Yeah, because like this one's actually kind of required. Like all the promotional material for the game show people using a stylus. Which makes not going physical here in the U.S. just bizarre to me. Like, as a potential purchaser of the product, like, why would you do this? Like, I know I need to go out and get a stylus, but I'm a hardcore Nintendo fan. But what about, like, a casual Switch owner who downloads Brain Age? What, what are they doing there? Are they using their fingers? Do they have trouble reading the numbers? Do they suddenly go buy one? Will they be in stores? Will they have to go to store.nintendo.com? Like, Nintendo's doing that, that snazzy new Switch-like flip case thing. Did you see that thing? That's yeah, really nice. It's, it's a, really nice. Yeah, it looks really cool. It's basically the um, smart cover for an iPad, but for the Switch and without the cool little, like, turn it on when you open it feature. But it's really nice. Um, but, like, that's another one where I'm kind of like, why is Nintendo not just putting this in stores or bundling it with the system? It feels like it's, like, the complete packaging of the case. But regardless, um, point is, why would they not do this except they just want to keep the money? They just want to save a little money. And that's kind of one of those things where it's, like, the opposite. Like, the point I was making about, like, it needs to be a deal for both sides. Like, this is not. Like, why would you put someone through that hassle for a game that you admit 
in your other regions requires a stylus. Assuming this is true. Well, so you said that the last one bombed. Yes, in the U.S. and also in Europe. But in Europe, they're getting the stylus still and a physical copy. I mean, I think that that just answers the question, especially for the U.S. It bombed over yeah. here, so why would we put out this? Why would we put out this physical game? Well, it's when like, the and it was digital only last time, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Double screen yeah. was. Wait, yeah. Huh? was it? Yeah, that's right. But it's much easier for yeah. for somebody to just well, walk yeah, into a Best Buy and buy like a ten dollars stylus and just be. Yeah, done I'm with just it. imagining someone. Same thing happened with Ace Attorney. It. Like after the fourth one, they've all been digital. But I'm just, I'm just thinking, like from the consumer perspective, it kind of sucks you down the game. It's like you need a stylus for this, and you're like, wait, what? I mean, like, maybe I'm, you have I'm a capacity sh- one lying around. At I'm home. sure it's going to be somewhere in Hopefully. the game description yeah. that hey, this game will require you to get a stylus for it. Yeah. I yeah, I mean, I, there there are ways around it. Just seems like one of those things that's just like. Come on, if you're confident enough in other regions, it bombed in Europe too. Just, just make the same play here and see what happens. I mean, but you know what they say about those Europeans? Is there a lot of things out there to Europeans? <laughs> I actually don't know what they say yeah, about I those Europeans. Either. I was hoping you would fill in the gap there. But uh, I will say, though, if you do have to buy it through store.intown.com, store.intown.com just got a very nice revamp the other day, and they sell merch, in like a lot of merch. Hashtag not sponsored. Also, Amazon now has a Nintendo merch shop. <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, it's Amazon.com slash Nintendo merch. It's run by Nintendo, I believe. Um, but yeah, if you want more business first uh, or potential business first wackiness, there's one final story before we wrap. Um, and that is this crazy report that Tencent, China's Tencent, the bing- the biggest game company in the world, wants to use Nintendo IPs to break into the console market themselves. Mm. Good luck. So the official, yeah, the official word is from a Tencent official to the Wall Street Journal that they want to expand from China, and one target audience is console game players here in the U.S. and in Europe. And quote, we hope to create console games with Nintendo characters and learn the essence of making console games from Nintendo engineers, which to me sounds just a hair above the Philips CDI situation. Also, kind of get us like a inkling of. Like, uh, we don't want to come up with our own characters. Yeah. We just kind of want to... We want to piggyback off you. Yeah. And here's the thing where it gets a little dicey is, um, you know who's launching the Switch in China and helping Nintendo get around the regulations there? Tencent. So you know who might repay the favor and let them use their characters elsewhere? Nintendo. Mm. It's all, Half the deal's already done. And I'm just kind of like, I read that and I'm just like, this is literally the Philips CDI. Philips wanted to get into video games. They didn't really want to make their own characters. They wanted to leverage what worked. And Nintendo's like, here you go. Here's all our IP. And we got Hotel Mario and the Wand of... Gamelon. Yeah, and all those Zeldas. And it was just not great. And I mean, to be fair, we have no idea like what entails in exactly with Tencent. And Nintendo is much better about protecting their IPs now than they were then. Um, so even if it ends up being... You know, not as bad as the CDI. Part of me wondering, like, so are we getting like mobile Nintendo or console Nintendo? Because there is a mobile quality. Nintendo. You think so? Without a doubt. Yeah. With Tencent, without a doubt, mobile yeah. Nintendo. And that means the IPs are going to kind of get wired down potentially. There's going to be potentially some devaluing there, and that kind of sucks. And, and, and I don't know. Is, is Nintendo just morphing into something that we can't understand or appreciate, but the younger generation loves? I feel like we've talked about this before, but everything yeah, well, they do, didn't I'm we just, just like, have a, an episode? Of no, like, I know. Are they I, becoming the new Disney? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. You know who wants them to become the new Disney? Miyamoto. He literally said those words. It's happening. I think that answers the question, I guess. Uh, the, the, I mean, this whole Tencent, which does line up with those Miyamoto comments. So on Friday, last Friday, uh, 
Japan's Nikkei newspaper reported that Miyamoto wants to turn Mario into the next Mickey Mouse and considers Disney their competitor. Um, essentially, the story went that up until this point, in his mind, Mario was a singular thing that he didn't ever really want to change. Like, he wanted there to be consistency in Mario. Um, the example they gave is Mario, you know, will only eat certain foods, so the characters suddenly can't mm-hmm. develop a distaste for them in subsequent games or something. Like, you eat mushrooms now, but you can't in seven games beg Mario does like mushrooms. So he, they, that's the basic one that Nikkei uses as an example, but that idea that there's a set rules about Mario. Well, if you look at Mickey, there's different art styles, there's different things, yeah. voices are different, like, some are more violent, some are cartoony, not are violent, but you know what I mean, like, some are more The very slapstick. versatile character. Right. And it sounds like he now wants Mario to turn into that. And he's comparing it to Disney, and he's specifically comparing it to once he is no longer at Nintendo or is gone, he wants Mario to live on, and that means letting him become adaptable and turn into other things. Which lines up a little too closely with this Tencent thing. And with the mobile strategy. That's like a slippery slope, especially once the creator's gone. Yeah. Like, I agree. there's that story that just came out that I think Squidward is getting his own HBO Max spinoff or something like that. What? What? <laughs> I mean, another getting a little kid spinoff show, like a Camp Bikini Bottom no, or something? No, my bad. Not HBO Max. I'm, I'm an idiot. Dude, uh, I would have I would have <laughs> watched that hard. If He's... it was like, this is the second Joker reference I'm going to make now. If it was like Joker but Squidward, like the, the descent into sadness that Squidward went through, uh, I would watch that. It was Netflix. My bad. Uh, I think Squidward's getting his own Netflix spin-off oh cuts to the Nickelodeon deal yeah Nick uh H- yeah, now I'm saying HBO Nickelodeon and Netflix did a thing where a bunch of new Nickelodeon properties yeah. are coming to Netflix but it was like the creator of Spongebob passed away what last year yeah or two years, or two years or ago. something yeah. like that yeah. and he specifically did not want to make a spin-off but now he's gone and now Nickelodeon has the rights to the character and mm. that's what that's what's gonna happen I feel like that's the direction we're going with me and I think okay well it was, it was nice while it lasted I know but like it, it's just yeah, between that, like, the Tencent thing came out last week, and this came out the tail end last week, and I'm just like, why are these lining up to, this, these should not be lining up like this, like, what is happening? So, I mean, I don't really want to end on a weird note like that, but it's just like, I don't know. I mean, it, it doesn't, like... The future looks... The future looks fine. Yeah. But the future, the Nintendo of right now is different than the Nintendo of two years ago, which is different than the Nintendo five years ago when we went from Iwata to Tsushima like to Furukawa. Which is more like the Nintendo when they first started, when they were more open with their IP. Yeah. It's just, well, video games started. This is the yeah. Yamamuchi era. Is that his last name? That was his last name. It could be. Who are we talking about? Uh, the Nintendo president from NES through N64. Oh. I think it was Yamamuchi. Because that one was a little, or, well, NES was really him. But yeah, it's... Uh, It'll be interesting to see what happens, but it, I, as it stands right now, to kind of like fold it all back in, the Nintendo of now is not the same. Like four or five years ago, Nintendo would probably listened more fan demand than they would now. I and I think some of that's because fans are demanding more stupid stuff. Some of that's because Nintendo's being more business oriented. But whatever's happening, it's a different dynamic than it has been, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And you know where you can hear that play out every two weeks, and you have been able to for the past eight years, the Random Tale Podcast, because we turned eight last week. That was my favorite transition. That was totally ad libbed. I'm still proud of myself. But uh, no, we, yeah, it was our anniversary last week. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Um, well, I haven't been here for all those eight years. It was, we I've literally as, been uh, here for like five episodes. Yeah, that's true. Well, you've been, no, but, no, but no, you were in a couple over. Thank you. You were in a couple over the years. But um, yeah, so I feel like every year I do this spiel and I'm going to do it again. But we do 
genuinely and and uh, uh, Angel, feel free to jump in with any thought, whatever. But we do genuinely. I agree with everything Jason was about to say because I'm sure it's very well thought out and concise. It's actually off the cuff, but it, or I have no no like notes. But we uh, we do genuinely appreciate the fact that there are people who have been listening from day one in 2011 to people you know when we were talking about I think what was it uh, Skyward Sword? No, the very first episode was Mario 3D Land. Nuki Tales Everywhere, I think is what we called it. You know, or people who jumped in somewhere in the middle, or people who maybe joined in the last five episodes that are now sitting to my left, or you know, wherever it may be. Um, it's thank you for listening. It's really cool that there's an audience out there. And what's actually really neat is um, I don't know what prompted it, but in the last couple months, we've heard from more of you, I think, than than we have in the past. Like we know you're out there, but it's usually pretty quiet. But we're actually getting feedback, and that's been really great. So please feel free to keep. You know, tweeting us at Ram Nintendo, tweeting us individually on JSR7, Angels Wero, W E R R O underscore O. Kevin is KVN Gomez. Uh, you know, it's great to hear from you guys. If you want to leave a review for us on iTunes, or, or sorry, Apple Podcasts, or any other podcasting service, um, we that that's a great way for us to gain a little more exposure. And what that exposure gets us is the next thing on the agenda here, which is every anniversary we do a giveaway. This year I'm holding things in my hand. We have physical, we have digital. We have all sorts of things. So we are doing eight items for eight years. We're spacing out between now and the end of the year. Um, the first one is kind of a ridiculous one. You guys have listened to us for eight years. Maybe do you, do you want our autograph? Because what I have in my hand right here is a... Let me just say that I brought this up as a joke. And I it wasn't became serious reality. about it. Yeah, but it became reality because it's so wacky. It's so random. That makes sense. Well, now they know our signatures. Now they can... They only have the first name. Buying your boat with it. But you know, the that's best part. My, that, so the best part is funny signature. That's Wait, that's my, not your site. Well, it's my my autograph signature, not my. You have an autograph signature. Yeah, when I when I do my when I draw anything. That's oh, what that. Oh, your arts. Yeah. My well. Well, I guess Kevin Gang Forge. But, <laughs> I didn't get the memo. But the, the, the best part is... What the hell, man? I don't want to well, let, me, let me back up and explain why I'm holding my hand here for everyone listening. So, also, it says in the corner 2019. So, you know, when you get our signatures next year, too, you could tell them apart. But um, <laughs> what we did is, Kevin, uh, we have... You may remember we spent six minutes in uh, September of 2019, so two months ago, talking about a game called Truck Racing Championship. And it is a very realistic truck racing game. And if you're into that sort of sim, it's actually good at what it is. And we have a copy that all three of us, after spending six minutes talking about, we're like, yeah, we should sign that. So you can have a signed, original signature copy of Truck Racing Championship signed by only my and Angel's first names and apparently Kevin's entire whatever it takes to get his socials on here. And you can have it. <laughs> all you need to do is leave a comment under this episode on RamTown.com in the blog post. Any comment. It doesn't matter. You could tell Kevin Hager to steal his identity. You could tell us what you enjoyed for the last eight years. It'd be really great you if you didn't do that, please. <laughs> you could tell My us. My credit's already <laughs> really bad. You could also tell us, I don't know, um, what podcasting service we're not on because we, I think we have finally maxed out. We hit Pandora a couple weeks ago. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play. We're pretty much everywhere now. Um, but yeah, whatever kind while I leave. You can win a copy, and you know what? You don't, you don't only necessarily get a signed copy. We will give away two sealed, unsigned copies of Truck Racing Championship. That means there are one of three Truck Racing Championships you can win, and no one can see this, but I'm holding them up to the microphone as if it's a camera. For and one of them is worth less than and the other two. one of them is worth significantly less, but it's really about the spirit of it all, right? So for the next uh, couple weeks, you can enter win this. That's contest number one. 
then you're going to want to tune in next episode because we will tell you how you can win one of three codes for a fun puzzle game that we'll be sharing impressions of next episode called Day and Night, which is an indie puzzle game that's kind of a mix of, it's kind of like Puzzle League mixed with Dr. Mario, but it's pretty fun. Um, it has a kind of cutesy little like, stage play aesthetic. Based um, on the hit song by the same name. It's, it is not based on anything related to Kid Cudi, although that would have been cool. Um, but yeah, so we'll have codes for that. And then on top of that, on our Twitter, we are going to be giving away two $30 eShop gift cards at some point between now and the end of the year. So you're going to have to follow us on Twitter at Ram Nintendo to see when those happen. So this episode, you can win these in the comments, these being the truck racing. Next episode, you can win day and night codes in the comments, and the eShop gift cards will be on Twitter. So eight things, eight years. We really appreciate you guys listening all those Is there years. eight weeks left in the year? I don't believe so, or else this would have been perfect. Hmm. But I don't think so. So we're just going to do haphazard smattering oh no there's like five weeks no there's <laughs> not i had this idea for eight items when there was eight weeks oh, like and then i didn't christmas kind of deal but weeks. yeah yeah so that's that's how you can win so go leave a comment um get our signatures forge kevin's identity and uh with that we will be back in two weeks time because we'll now only have um the winner of this contest and our next contest we're gonna have all the latest news we're gonna have impressions of day and night we're gonna have impressions of i'm gonna start playing uh, the new super monkey ball Banana Blitz HD, and whatever these guys are up to, we'll be talking about that too. So, um, any final words from either of you gentlemen? I think, Kevin, you always get the last final word, but Angel, do you have a second-to-last final word after eight years of this? Um, I'm always surprised to know that our podcast is does as well as it does, because it's not. It's humbling. It's all I'll say it's humbling. It is very humbling, honestly. Kevin? Oh, I'm about to end on a worse note. Do it. Deep down, we all got big, dick lit energy. I'll leave you with that. <laughs> <laughs>